people of Earth. How are you? Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm as hungry as a parasite clone, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 481. 481. I don't have to tell you that I'm hungry, Eric. I am always hungry, and that you is told me knowledge. had indigestion. Knowledge. Well, that's because I've been eating all day, and I'm still hungry. Just because well, you have indigestion one. doesn't mean that you're not hungry. It just means no. you have indigestion. I have more of a like a heartburn type deal going, little acid reflux. But hey, everybody, old man problems. I got you. Yeah, yeah, just actually, it's more like spaghetti sauce problems I had earlier, and I shouldn't have eaten it. I think it might have been a little off too. But hey, here we are. 481 it's just like every other podcast that we've done and we're gonna get some mail that somebody's actually gonna say that we have upped the game a bit or at least they think that they like what we're doing eric imagine that imagine that would be the case but here we are we have a bunch of books this week uh as compared to last week where we had none and if anybody has looked at the upcoming solicits and things that are going to go on in the summer uh, you better relax right now with, you know, this little night bit of book set point. Because when night terrors hits, holy moly, we're going to get hit with books. A tsunami of books, as they say, but Eric. will they be but books that people will care about? I hope. I really do hope. And I, I end up, here's my spin They bet the on farm that. on night terrors, so hopefully <laughs> it works out. <laughs> they, hopefully it wasn't the Kent farm, because uh, Mom and Pa will be out looking for a new place to live. But... I ended up doing some videos on Night Terrors when they initially announced the creative teams. Now the solicits came out. I will tell you, Eric, a little bit more of a positive spin from some people. Some people ended up reading the solicits and ended up thinking, all right, well, I'll get this book or I'll get that. So they're at least picking and choosing. Most of the people seem to be very interested in The Flash and the Black Adam book. For some reason, the Black Adam <laughs> book seems to keep on coming up on people's discussion. But that is better. At first, when I did this video, people were just like, I'm not going to deal with any of this. Then I think they realized, well, that means two months without anything. So you know what? I'll get. And I tried to tell Bite people what, bullet, you, what I would do. My whole play would be you get the main book. And if the main book is good enough that it intrigues you, then start picking and choosing some of these tie-ins. But I, was, I would always get the main book of an event like this plus once i end up doing the solicits podcast which i'm planning on doing after we record here there are some other books coming out some actually dawn of dc books that i thought weren't coming out until september stuff like steelworks hawker there are things coming out that mark wade the uh world's finest teen titans is coming out so you do have some things hitting i think there'll be enough but that just adds to the amount of books that me and you're gonna have to talk about eric which you know, I know we. I don't know that. what you're talking about, Jim. I said this summer I'm doing nothing but night terrors. None of this continuity bullshit. I don't need this. It's <laughs> night terror time. <laughs> That's the thing. The idea of the world's finest team titans. Not quite continuity anyway. 
But I think also stuff like that Brave and the Bold book, that anthology, that'll be coming out. Too bad as it well. doesn't say Night Terrors. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that'll be your big deal. You're going to put your foot down on the Night Terrors. Well, if that's, <laughs> even if we did that, we'll bet in the farm on Night Terrors. We will have a long ass podcast because there are a yeah. lot of Night Terrors books. I actually usually don't send you like the checklist and stuff like that. And I'm like, Holy cripes, there's a lot. So I send it to you just, and right away you're like, holy shit, there's a books. I'm like, yes, there are. But here we are for this week's books, a bunch of bangers, I think Eric told me. And before we get into that, though, go over to the Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you on back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can get written reviews to most of the books that come out each and every week. Go to our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, check out some video reviews and news, and then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can help us for all the things that we do, but also get plenty of things in return. A lot of podcasts, a lot of stuff like that. This week, the shining gem of the Patreon, which is our Thursday night Patreon-only badass spotlight act, it was Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, number one, and Wonder Woman, 798. Pretty big books. I don't know that I'm going to say Avengers Superboy, The, the Man title. of Tomorrow is actually a real dawn of dip, but it says it, He's Eric. a boy of forever. <laughs> it's, yeah, really. I actually really thought about that after we were done last night, that you said a book called The Man of Tomorrow. Very odd for a character. Who can't grow up. And really is upset about that. So, who right, knows? Maybe. Maybe we'll get it, Eric. All of a sudden he ages, but it'll be like Black Adam. It'll turn to dust. Just dust, Eric. He's gone. That's what he likes about high school girls. Both them and him stay the same age. Oh, my goodness gracious. He is canceled now. Wonder Woman no, 798 uh, was the penultimate issue of the Revenge of the Gods. And boy, what an issue it was, Eric. We had a lot of issues with it. I'll tell you that. Uh, but we had fun talking about it, trying to figure out exactly what was going on with Wonder Woman's powers, how exactly Mary Marvel was able to transfer the power to Diana, and why that made her a god. Hey, Black Adam made a president, and, you know, Dark Crisis, he can give his powers to anybody. Why can't Mary well, Marvel? Well, I mean, Black Adam, like, everybody's family to him, right? He's like, hey, fam. And then yeah, next that's thing what you I know, think about when I think of Black Adam. Oh, yeah. I, I, now, this loves everybody. Seriously, if we went back to that story, and instead of the, that, he actually gave the powers to, the, to everybody in Kondok, almost like the play that they do when they unleash the bottled city of Kandor. Maybe that would have played out better. You just have a powered up Kondok to come in and help. I know it's not the wow moment, but he could, he probably considers them family, right? right I don't think so. Yeah, so I actually uh, did give a shy. I gave a little props, or I will later. When we get to the deceased, the, the final... When you do have Damien mention, yeah, those Kandorans, they've never used these powers. I'm like, you know what? That, I don't think anybody's ever really said that. But it's true. It is true. Except maybe they're using them in the bottle, right? Someday no, I'll do that. Someday I'll do that uh, parody that you wanted all along the Candor in a bottle. City in a bottle? City in a bottle. Yeah, but Candor in a bottle, Eric. I like that sound better. But. With that, again, each Thursday we have that big spotlight. It was about two hours this week, much to Eric's friend. Did you realize that it was almost two hours when we were done? I did. I, I didn't. See, there you go. That's the tale of two two guys right there. I actually thought yep. it was a lot quicker than that. I'm like, holy crap, why didn't we go any further? Why didn't we go longer, Eric? Uh, but 
with that, if you want to listen to that, plus a lot of DC Comics stuff, including an Injustice Reading Club, a Gotham Central Reading Club, and other things that aren't even DC, say a Walking Dead Reading Club, or a Hellboy Reading Club, or a Events Crisis Podcast. It's all there, Eric. I can't believe there's so much. Just go over to patreon.com slash Weird Science, the show notes will have the links to that. But all this leads to my favorite part, where I get to go nuts about names. Eric, here we go. This is the Badass Roll Call. And all right. just to point out, the badasses pick the two books that are on the spotlight. They are the badasses who get press crew. And here we go. Brian Trevitt, my man Trevitt, Eric K. Double K, Jeffrey Greek, Zachary Walker, Stephen Baddad Mitchell, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S., Cam, Matt Brazer, D-Man 3000. I know you're already giggling. I can kind of... I'm not doing anything. Niels Tewart, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, 242 to you and me, Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, May I Touch Him... I guess. <laughs> did, I, did I get <laughs> my EI touch? Honestly, surprising by saying it right. May I touch him? Is that just asking about my own private? Mark Jager, Bill Beer from the Bad Pod, Ruben, Carlos, at least I'm nice to ask. Noah Marv, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon, Luis Manship, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G. Josh Vermillion, Batman Beyond Mark, who we're planning on doing the comics cartoon show this week. I don't know if we'll get to it. B. Mira, he's in Buffalo. Can you sing the song while I'm going no, so I don't have no, to hit it again? Hey, you don't have to. Hey, what? You can just I do it. Oh, you my can. goodness. Aww. Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo. They didn't have a lot of snow this uh, winter. He said they're being driven uh, insane. And Double A Ron up there in Minnesota doxing his ass. All-time great shout-out to Rob Lewis and Reginald Drinkwater. Uh -uh. And that's that. That is a smooth as silk (laughs) deal. I'm I'm actually, I thought I I was just on my game until I just fumbled that. (laughs) I'm on my game until I fumbled talking about how I'm on my game, but we do have a bunch of books for you. Pretty good. I mean, the, there are some of the big ones that the really idea sell that, it. Well, I'm <laughs> just saying, a lot of people do like these books. I don't know if you should listen, guys, because it's kind of good. We're up there. We'll probably disagree with some of these, but I think we'll agree with others, Eric. It's like oh, the song. The hard it's, like the Be- it's like the Beatles song, We Can Work It Out. If you ever listen, listen to that song, at the this end, is overrated too? Nothing gets resolved, Eric. It's like, maybe I'm right, but you might be wrong, but so might I, but we should work it out, but maybe we won't. There it is. That's you might be John, crazy. John got upset at Paul because he said a lot of his songs went nowhere. Nowhere, except, Eric, to the top of the charts. That's where yeah. they went. Overrated. People weren't, people weren't as disturbed back then. You are They were in all of that foreign British sound. They were in all of that that British sound, but still. Foreign British sound. Yeah, they changed the face of not only music, but pop culture in general, Eric. And I'll stand by that till I die next week. Just like Dracula. (laughs) Yeah, I will. And maybe once I'm Dracula, I'll have to fight Tim Drake and see. Who said you're going to be Dracula? I said just like Dracula. I thought you were making me Dracula. I want to be Dracula. Actually, I I want to be Dracula. Can you imagine me, Dracula? It's like every day, like, what up, Dracula? I'm like, I feel like shit. They're like, please, somebody get it's a wooden stake and kill this I, guy. I, I know why you have to be Dracula. I'm saying, though, it would why last forever, though. 
See, I'll actually die, though. When I'm Dracula, I'll just live forever just bitching and moaning. I just want to die. So I don't want to be Dracula. That's it. You end up having Kiefer Sutherland say, don't you want to live forever and be just? No, I I don't. I'd rather eat those worms and those maggots, David. But here we go uh, there. We will go off now to some books. He got his first real comic, got it at a five and dime, read it to his fingers blend, been reading comics most of his life. Him and some guys from school, they had a book and they tried real hard. Jay quit, Knuckles got married, Yannis was never gonna get far. When he looks back now, did he have a father ever? And now that he has a choice, he told Jesse he would marry her never. Eric's read comics most of his life. That is true, and I'm going to lean on that knowledge, Eric, as we go forward each and every podcast as I have. I need your help. But we end up having a couple books to start out this deal, one being The World's Finest, Batman Superman World's Finest, where it really is like an Eric Shea's almost the greatest hits. You're not a huge Metamorpho fan, but once you end up having some of these other characters brought in i thought oh my god eric Harry white reading comics most of his life he's gonna love all this jimmy olsen and then when we get to the superman deal you do love yourself some parasite or just the whole villains for the superman but we'll yeah, it'd be good if we got any yeah i i warned you i did warn you about that and a lot of times you don't believe me when i warned you but i think oh, i was spot on on that one well, no. Sometimes I end up getting upset about things. <laughs> Embellish, lie, happen. You know. Well, okay, you say that. Did I? Did I? No. <laughs> no. I know that you feel exactly the same way. this is why I way. feel this way. And I actually ended up not even really going that much into it. I just told you I thought you would be upset. And so that's not a lie. You're always upset, just like me. That's why we get along together, unlike one of the males that we'll have in a little bit. You got one of the males ahead of time because it was a question. Another one poses a question, but it's a funny one that I'll see what you have to say. But I wasn't prepped for this. I'm not doing it. The first couple of, it's just an opinion deal, but we're here for these two books. If you want to read reviews of all of these books, you can just go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. Check out the written reviews if that's your thing anymore. Print is dead, I hear, Eric. But we're going to start off with World's Finest. We're going to start off with Batman Superman World's Finest, number 14, written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora. Tamara Bonvalon. You know anything about it? She is man. not the Wolfman. Hell she blocked us. One of the For best. Good reason, probably. Probably my favorite colorist, but yet I can't tell her. Eric, I can't tell her she's blocking. Let her see I said me. She didn't block you. I don't. Maybe. Letters by Steve Wands. Uh, Steve Wands comes through, though. He still didn't block us. Probably doesn't know who we are, but that's fine, Eric. But we jump into this, and there's always a thing when I'm reading this book, the idea of, okay, how is Eric going to take this book? And everything that I do, (laughs) that's all that happens. I was just going to say, everything that I do always comes back to Eric Shea about the idea of a continuity, where it fits in the things. Can he have fun with this? And I thought there's parts of this book 
especially once the metal men come in, that I hope that you could have a little bit of fun. How are you going to have fun with the metal men? Because even the idea, here's here's Dr. Magnus and the metal men. They're in a vat and being tortured and not in the book except for a screaming face. Like, he's going to have fun with this. It's the metal men. I had a hilarious fun because that's hilarious, Eric. No, the whole thing with what they talk about and just having them mentioned. I mean, nowadays, you're not even going to get a mention of those guys. So it's nice for that to come in. And this issue... And this arc really does feel more to me like Mark Wade is trying to, you know, give wink winks to longer time readers. This isn't really for the, the new readers when you have a metamorpho, metalman mentioned, Dr. Ivo or Professor Ivo, as, as you always correct me. I don't Things know. The like thing that. is, I, it, it does feel kind of user friendly because even the last issue, it's like, OK, it's a metamorpho issue. Let me tell you everything the greatest hits about yeah, metamorpho. Yeah, you have that, Rex but I Mason. still so don't think people in. are going to love him. I, they're just going to know him now. But this would be, you know what I mean? If I end up getting introduced to something. That doesn't mean I'm going to get excited that he's here. This would also be for longer deal. And to know the Simon Stagg and the Java and the combo of, say, a Doc Magnus and stuff like that, I think that it really does play out for older. It's user-friendly. I don't think people are going to be left behind. But I still think that the, the combo of characters is more for some people who really like the you know, silver and gold. Well, you're not stuff. getting anywhere else. That's for sure. Yeah, you won't get it anywhere else. So I, I thought that that was a pretty cool deal. But like you said, it's done in a way that, that nobody's left behind. There's no Kirk Cameron's here, Eric. Because even that situation, like, all right, everybody, you've been dying and asking for Metamorpho to show up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to spend half the issue telling you stuff you already know. All right, cool. And in, in this issue, well, again, because he's never really in the issues anymore. So I'm sure that that might have been put in, you know, by an edict, by editorial anyway. Which makes but sense. when you get into this issue, the only thing that I thought was a little down on this issue as we go, and I, I think I mentioned this to you as well, and it's the idea that after we get this beginning where you have Metamorpho and he's, he's going around and trying to attack his villains. And he ends I gotta up find out he's down. trying to frame me for murder. Yeah, and he thinks at this point that Bruce Wayne has paid these guys to frame him. It's all this, you know, spinning around. And he does go after Doc Dredd. And you had mentioned when we were talking about this on our uh, spotlight that Doc Dredd seemed to be the Java turned into Dr. Doom the Dr. deal that Doom we had in the for terrific. the whole new age of DC heroes, which was just a play on all of Marvel comics, but with DC characters, people loved it. I didn't understand why. Yeah, yeah, we, we didn't either. But in fact, this villain is a established villain in a weird way. This was a villain in Doomsday Clock. First appearance in Doomsday Clock. Don't recall him at all. Yeah, ended up being met. If, if the weird play is, I thought that all it was was going to be because the initial introduction was on a video screen but then ended up in the last issue of doomsday clock within the thing with actually stingery who was mentioned as well Captain so stingery, it's kind, yeah. yeah it's kind of a cool play there but that kind of mucks things up a little more you know when we talk about the idea that this continuity is a little off or whatever this really either it mucks it up or you just go with the idea that this is the everything matters book but you could just throw things in. Well, but that's it's the kind thing. Of is we talked deal. about this previously with the idea of the world's finest timeline, trying to like you know create a new earlier continuity to establish things that are going on currently in DC Comics, along the lines of how we have a lot of flashbacks now of Ghostmaker to try to make him more relevant to the history of Batman in general by saying, oh, no, he's always been there. You just haven't seen it. So here's some of the stuff you never see. Now, if we go retroactively, go back and check out like the past of the Teen Titans or Batman, Superman, and say these characters here, it gives those newer characters more gravitas because while they are new, it gives them a past of the characters that we don't have to like just say that was there without ever having to see it. I still, when I, when I 
all the things in this issue really brought me back to uh, Double K, or K talking about the idea that maybe this could be its own world's finest imprint, almost like an Ultimate Universe deal, which would be pretty cool, because you do have a lot of these things and callbacks and things that are just mentioned. But once we get past that metamorpho thing, it's not really a, a false you know, flag here. He's He's pissed. He's going after people that he thought ended up framing him. Doesn't look like he's full out sus. El Mantens is in his robot army. Yeah, so he ends up doing that. In the meantime, Bruce Wayne is suspected of the murder of Simon Stagg. I don't mind that. By the end of this... Does nothing for the book. Does nothing at all for the book. It does one thing for the book. It allows you to have... Robin and Superman team up. That that's why they team sure. up. That's I don't mind but that. Even that, the idea though, it's it like too long to be clever about this. It really it, it Bruce slogs Wayne it down. is arrested for murders. Lawyers get him out, but the thing is, Bruce is all pissed off about the situation that you know the Daily Planet has put it in with Jimmy Olsen and Perry White le- tracking down the leads and say, you know who had something in game by Simon Stagg's death? That old Bruce Wayne. And I, I think that like it's a little thin, but apparently he was arrested anyway, and now. I can't go out gallivanting as Batman because people are going to have a closer look on Bruce Wayne and his activities until he just goes out and does Batman stuff and it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. I love the idea, though, that he ends up where he's like, way to go, Clark. You just took the world's greatest detective <laughs> off of the just table. Just like, talk. That's all yeah, it is. I'm like, you pompous bitch. I was so, but what it ends up doing, and this is something that I said in my video review, the idea of this where you have Mark Wade, and you get this occasionally. Who really used to do it a lot is Bendis. Bendis would come in, and he'd want to explain things that we always take for granted in comics. Actually, Christopher Priest will try to do it in a more scientific Maybe way super as well. Sciences. And so I didn't need... Weird okay, science. I, I understand, and it is clever, but I think that the idea ends up being more clever in your mind. And then when it gets into the comic, it just kind of is like, okay, we get it. We understand, because all this is well. You know, yeah, Bruce, you know that I didn't do it. Well, Superman knows, but Clark doesn't. Jimmy has the sources. Yeah, but then, no, no. We But then Perry would ask. We got to play the game, Bruce. Yeah. We kind of just go with this. And you could have just had the shit talk of just thanks a lot there, pal. Thanks. And to get Clark involved was weird because it was a Jimmy story. I love the idea that Superman, that Clark Kent, he decided to get in on it like he kind of wanted to fuck Bruce anyway. I'm telling you, it's like, let me get in on that, Jimmy. I really want to stick it to this guy. Uh, But yeah, so how would I... Now, the idea, too, of how would I explain that Clark Kent knows so much about Bruce Wayne, but I've actually read issues where Clark Kent has gone and interviewed Bruce Wayne, and obviously Clark Kent is a smart guy. Have you read it this far back in their timeline? I think you'd know... I think he'd know about Bruce Wayne, though. Bruce Wayne is a very, you know, so the idea of that is kind of, it's okay. It does explain things and it allows shit talk, but what it really does, and you pointed out the bad side of it, but it does allow Dick Grayson to ride Superman like a horsey. And I don't mind that, right? But is that the best part? Like, oh my. It's the best part. I didn't part. know how much I needed Dick Grayson riding <laughs> Superman like a now, horsey. I love the idea that Dick Grayson is riding Superman like a horsey while he's on his phone. But also, in the meantime, when they do finally get Metamorpho and he has to hold him, it's now getting a little crowded on the Superman trolley. And I do like it. I wish that he on, also had on to the grab. Trial. I wanted him to grab Bruce. I wish we had. Oh, I wanted to see just like 800 people on there. It'd be so great. But. All this is going on, and Bruce is trying to look into things. Obviously, he knows then, and Clark knows that he didn't do this, but they have to figure it out. I love how the quick switcheroo, though, 
when you end up how Bruce is like, listen, now you just took the greatest detective off the board, but the real killer is going to be relaxed now. So I get you. It's pretty good. So he's now okay with it. But it it turns out the world's greatest detective isn't needed for this whole situation. Just somebody with a keen eye, I guess. Because the whole information about everything that we need here pretty much falls on Bruce's doorstep because Oliver Queen calls him up talking about the idea, I need to put some money into Wayne Tech and we can partner up on this AI system. I know you want to do this weapon that I turned you down before, but you know what? I want to get involved in this Wayne Tech AI system. And when they get off the phone, Bruce is like, look, I just talked to Oliver. His ass is all about the people and machines ruining society and taking away jobs for Americans. He started talking about he wanted to get on the AI project. Just doesn't sound like he didn't call me Brucey boy once. He just called me Wayne. There was something weird. So then I called up Ted Corn. I called up all the billionaires we know. And all those dudes, they felt weird to me. So you know what I'm thinking? Somebody done replaced all the billionaires. And then when we go to Simon Stagg's funeral the next day, you know, Clark uses X-ray vision to realize this isn't Simon Stagg's body. It's a robot body that's made to look like a person with a like an artificial brain. And the thing about this, it's very cool. It really does remind me of one of those later Batman the Animated Series episodes when Bruce Wayne goes missing and Superman has to dress up like Batman because Robin's upset. Like, where did Bruce Wayne go? And it turns out that Brainiac had controlled him to do this whole thing. And also the idea of Hardak from another Batman the Animated Series where the scientist was replacing people with robot duplicates. So it's this weird situation where it's like, I like those two stories in those animated episodes a lot. I'm like, is it? Is it cool here as well because I like that? Or is it almost like it's too similar? Here's the thing. It's, now we're going to get into a, beat, a deal that we could talk about where you had the issue with the White Knight when it was digging into some things like that. So maybe it is Oh, when it was that. playing like you know, the greatest versions that he yeah, liked the yeah. best. Like, so like, maybe, maybe it's uh, giving you here's some the 89 stuff. Batmobile. Here's this, that, and the other thing. Just picking and like cherry picking all the great. But that thing is that that worked from that. For like, you know, I initially was upset about it because I'm an asshole. But eventually I got over it because it's its own thing. It's its own universe. Well, and this, this is a little this, this askew. It's a little... Uh, look, it's only askew because of how Mark Wade screwed up talking about how the timeline works. What I really want to stress to everybody, if you end up, if you kill Simon Stagg and replace his body, you, you get a lead coffin. You don't need Superman peeping around. So you end up having that. But even so, I peeping. love the idea where... It, and also, if Bruce wouldn't have been accused, he might have been off, never would have taken the call from Oliver. <laughs> you know, it works out. Well, he might have just because, you know, Green Arrow stuff. I love the idea that when he calls Superman about this, finally, when he kind of comes up with this deal and he's like, listen, hey, uh, Supes, I don't think Oliver is himself. I don't I think he's been replaced. Well, why do you think that? Because he didn't annoy the shit out of me while we were talking. <laughs> it really felt like he's like, he didn't annoy me. And then he also wanted things that weren't really his. He didn't but call me a fascist once. And I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah. A Brucey boy. And so he didn't know him so much. Now, I'm telling you, some of, some of this era of Green Arrow, I can get a hold of that something fierce. If you want to add Green Arrow into this book, like we have with all these other cameos, like Metamorpho, like the Doom Patrol, and everybody else we've seen so far, I can really get down for some old school Oliver it's Queen. It's funny because you always go with the animated series. And when I start thinking about things, because I didn't watch all the animated series, you know, I watch one episode there, but I love yeah. the Brave and the Bold. So I was thinking, oh, right show. away, I thought of them, you know, Oliver, Bruce fighting the Clock King. Oh, my God. I yeah. think it's the first episode. I ended up loving that. So I would really like more of that going on as well. But in that, he does realize, oh, my God, everybody, all of these billionaires are being replaced. So then you start thinking, trying to think of the timeline, too. I want to think that this is the era of the Sherwood Florist with Black Canary as well. Just because, like, the 80s feel to everything for the era of it. Yeah. 
It really so that, does that feel that, that way. And then there's <laughs> me, there's mentions of things that are kind of cool. Steve Drayton, Mento, and also Lauren Jupiter, the original Teen Titans. Oh, yeah. Benefactor. So you have these things. And All I, the billionaires. I, yeah. And so I like that. I thought that what we would play with here is that, oh, no, now, Bruce, you're in trouble. Like, And that's always the fun play. That's a real fun storyline. That's line. what I imagine was next. When somebody comes after Bruce not realizing they're Batman and they're in for a real treat. But. They play it smart. Mark Wade plays it smart because well, that, that would have been next, but it isn't because he can't because now Bruce has won it for murder. That was the thing that was so cool about that that Hardeck episode of the uh, Batman animated series where you had Batman. It wasn't Bruce Wayne replaced, but it was Batman being replaced. And it was Bruce Wayne because they got information downloaded and the, the computer system that built the robots put this out there. But the Batman robot was damaged to the point where he actually believed he was batman bruce wayne and he couldn't understand that he was a machine and he got like really upset about it It was a really great episode one of the best in my mind do you think that bruce is jealous that dick grayson went right away to soups plus what is he doing hanging from the rafters he comes in he's upside down hey there because then bruce says where are you gonna find his detective and he's like hey here he is but again it's like him doing flips around the guy's just gotta settle down somebody get him some adderall uh, but I love also, as this is ended, this kind of scene where he's talking to Superman, and then he's walking down with Alfred. It's like the man with the Louis sandwich. <laughs> it just made me laugh because he is so nice because Bruce actually says, I still think we should look into Metamorpho. I'm, I'm a little, you know, nervous about Metamorpho, and it could be him. And right away, Superman says, it's not. I mean, this isn't even like, I don't think it is. Please let me find out. He says, it's not. And they are, Dick and Superman, they're going to go off and find Metamorpho to get him and kind of reel him in, it seems, because it's a, a bit of a crazy deal. But it's funny that Bruce kind of throws shade at how nice and good, you know, Superman is. But after that deal with Oliver, and once Oliver starts like, hey, yeah, this AI sounds great. Like, I hate the human mind and how they can do things. And this will be the greatest thing ever. Yeah, he realized. And then at the end, he's like, we are Borg. I mean, uh, Oliver Queen out. <laughs> and again, you're going to get these little jokes, but I think they hit pretty well where Oliver's like, don't let me keep you from your stupid polo match, rich guy. And then it goes, they cut off the thing, and then Bruce says, cancel my polo match. I thought that was <laughs> funny. Uh, I really now, if you really wanted to have some fun, we don't have the time or space for it. You end up having Alfred think that he could dress up like Bruce, like he does with Batman sometimes, and he goes to play the polo match, breaks his hip. Eric, he's an old man. He's not going to be able to do that. But you end up where Dick Grayson riding Superman like a horse. It makes sense. I mean, it looks pretty cool, right? He's there flying on his butt cheeks. There's there's never a good way to be flown somewhere. No, there isn't. But I think that this actually is a little more dignified than being held in the front, like Metamorpho does later, or what we usually get from Batman. Uh, and so you have all this, and they're We're going down. We're for who? No, both, maybe. Well, maybe <laughs> not. It? Actually, this looks like the ambiguously gay duo through throughout. I mean, it really does. But we end up where we're going, and if anybody doesn't know that uh, little cartoon on SNL, you should look it up. But you end up where all this going on, they're tracking down Metamorpho, going to, okay, here's his villains, here's what might be next. Let's go to Nicaragua, Venezuela. They're trying to figure this out, and they do come to him where he is in a fight with El Montanzas and his robot army. And again, this is just for fun. You have a robot army. You have this. I mean, I love that he's just there as a general. He's yelling out orders. But in fact, the robots aren't under his control. He says that they are malfunctioning. 
and Superman's just going to beat the crap out of him. Robin's going to try to play Batman by throwing him off a cliff on the rope, which is pretty cool. I thought that was cool. And I do like the idea that as this is going on, they're kind of spelling out what Metamorpho will be doing with his powers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you end up, I like where he's like, right now, Metamorpho's doing this and he's going to end up hurting all of these villagers. But he says, I'm not really involved with this. I'm not the one. And we kind of end up by the end realizing these guys aren't really that involved. You know, the idea that Metamorpho is trying to get these answers, this isn't where the answers are, but they are able to settle down Metamorpho and, and then bring them back. Don't and, kill people, Metamorpho. That's not you. Yeah, it isn't. And you're a hero. And I mean, really, he's going there. We're trying to make sure that we say you didn't kill anybody, even though Bruce Wayne at this point is already won it for. It's, it's a weird play, but. They bring him back. That's where you have him holding Metamorpho then. It's a full boat going. But that's where Bruce realizes, hey, everybody. And that's the other thing, too, is Superman wants Metamorpho to come back because Sapphire, her dad's funeral is coming up. And he says, you should be there with Sapphire. Stop this nonsense. Calm down for at least a day and go with your lady. Go to the deal. He goes as well. Clark does. And that's where. Bruce ends up calling and saying, hey, I did all this and all these billionaires, they seem to be replaced. Somehow something is going on, doesn't feel right. Superman pretty much gets the last clue. Like you said, in the coffin, Simon Stagg is not Simon Stagg. He's He's an android. So it must be Professor Ivo, creator of the Amazo, a villain who could duplicate superpowers, but wasn't smart enough to pass for an actual person like Stagg or Queen. If Ivo's up this game, he didn't do it so. An artificial brain that sophisticated suggests he's tra- he's drafted a particular accomplice, willing or otherwise. And the Robin and you and Robin see that we have to go to Doctor Will Magnus to find out what this is about. And that's when you get the cool moment, the idea of going to Doctor Will Magnus to try to see him. And you know the Metal Men because the Metal Men to me are always a good time, even if they are I don't know they're underrated characters in my mind because they are just robots that just. You know, they're based on elements, and there's not a lot to them. That's why they don't ever have an ongoing series or even a series that lasts very long at all. It is disappointing, though, when you have the Metal Men all just in vats being boiled down to their freaking raw elements. I'm just saying, the hell are the response ominous made of that are surviving in this, you know, molten vat at this point in time? We have no idea how long they've been there. There's just gold screaming, trying to pull something together. Help me! Yeah, he's just there. And you know, Mercury's just, he doesn't have any problems there. Uh, but you end up like even that. Temperature, yeah. You end up where I do a couple things I like in this. I do like the hand glider metamorph of the Batman sign. Yeah. That's pretty fun. And then when they go down, Batman is, and this is, like you said, getting people up to speed if they didn't know who the metal men were. But I like how it ends up being this hand back glider metamorpho just comes off to be more of a plastic man situation yeah, than a metamorpho does, actually, one. But it is kind of a weird deal with this little head they're talking. And even then, I like where the dialogue, Batman says, apparently my suspicions I had about you were misguided, Rex. <laughs> and Metamorpho goes, apology accepted. Whoa, 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 buddy. I didn't apologize. He just said, that's not what I said. I won't say I'm sorry for being objective. He's an asshole, right? So he starts going, but Rex is already mad. So when you end up where he's like, the metal men, and he's like, I know all about the metal men, and he finishes the deal. So it doesn't feel... As forced the deal, but he does end up talking about Mercury, which I thought was funny because anybody who has read any of the Metal Men know that Mercury doesn't have anything but 
saying that he's he is liquid, and he's liquid in room temperature. room temperature. That's all. But I love where he's like, he's the always guessing about it. Who cares? It is true. Nobody cares. But it is such a weird thing to go to the idea of Android duplicates for this whole storyline. Like, I like the idea, like I said before, because I liked it from the animated series when I saw that stuff before. But we have it going on. I don't know if it's meant to be something or just like a foreshadowing. When we are in the Fortress of Solitude, when Clark is talking to Bruce, you see all the the production of the Superman robots that he has in the background that are perfect duplicates of Superman. And I'm like, is that going to tie in? Because I don't know how it can for everything that we have in this issue with, you know, Dr. Magnus being kidnapped and working on, you know, AI brains for Dr. Uh, Professor Ivo's, you know, Android duplicates to the point where he wants to frame Rex Mason for all this going down for the murder of Simon Stagg. And then he's like, look, I can't have him be framed without ba- making a duplicate of him. And here's something I made as well. A perfect duplicate of Rex Mason. But I also allowed him to make other things besides for normal elements. Here's Kryptonite as well. Where this is like, And I'm looking at the same like, look, I understand Metamorpho is a weird looking dude. And they're like, you know, everyday Joe guy who's going to arrest Metamorpho. I don't know how they're going to, but I, I don't know who knows what Rex Mason really just looks like. But if anybody who knows him is going to look at this monster that you no, know, Professor I think that he just say, decided like at the point. I think that one of the plays here is that he even had that Bruce Wayne half done. And they're like, oh, well, he gave it up because of the idea that Bruce was arrested. Well, now I don't think he can or will be framing metamorpho i guess at this point you know the whole idea this just doesn't look anything like metamorpho no, to me it just looks he's like just you know started and he's like fuck it i'm just gonna make a, another amazo that that goes over the top but i i didn't i thought that that was kind metamazo. of metamazo yeah because he does look more like a mazo in the head so i think that he just started off metamorpho and then once bruce wayne happened he's like yeah fuck it i'll keep going with the mazo deal uh but in that I do kind of think that that's a smart deal he ended up he wanted to make these body doubles to get all these billionaires they that they're funneling the money to one one account that's his is a little bit like really stupid. But you end up where they can't, and that's why the big play was, oh, Doctor Ivo, Professor Ivo, he ended up making these, but they weren't smart enough. That's why you need Magnus, you get the brains, you get all this, so they have the responsometers. Which I don't know, maybe because it's weird to say that, say like Gold is yelling for help if he didn't have the responsometer in there that those were taken and I I don't know but no I'm sure they're still in there yeah the whole idea of this though is to use Magnus to make them so that it would be believable that these dupes they weren't just walking around like you know morons they were trying to I am Simon Stagg exactly you know I am Oliver Queen oh my here we go I did it perfect human speech shoot arrows yeah yeah so they ended up I, I like that. It does seem like you would have Dr. Magnus is doing this unwillingly. He's kind of, you know, made to do it. We'll have to see. No, when you have all the doctors like this, because even when you had, you know, Will Magnus have all his psychological problems that he did go evil for a time, like having him, Professor Ivo, and a T.O. Morrow together, like all the mad scientists of the DC universe, that's always a good time in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like even when they're going through the idea that all of these you know, doubles that are there and so oh, what are these for Superman? No, they're for the boy. We have something better for you. The boy. And I hit the boy. And then at one point, yeah, Superman realizes that there's kryptonite coming in and we get a kryptonite infused, you know, and can turn into any element on the periodic chart and beyond. He could be Batmanium or Meta- whatever. You can end up where that nonsense. <laughs> well, that's the so, thing is maybe because it hasn't been made yet, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It's still Metamazo. made. It could it's still be an element it. out there. Metamazo. So, yeah, you have this and it looks pretty cool at the end. And that's a pretty cool ending for the chapter. Pretty cool cliffhanger. Uh, and I like the art a lot. The art is always oh, the pretty art's good. amazing. And each time I've read this, this is 
I think the third time now, I actually like it a little more. It becomes a little more, you know, congruent and a little more clever with the way it plays out. Yeah, there's some little downtimes, but I think that some of those are just for fun. You know, the robot fight. You get to see Superman punch a robot's head off. You know, you, you, everybody loves that, right? Uh, but I still know why the robots this? are out of screen to control at that point in time. And the thing is, I... This might be a very well-established character, but like I said previously, I don't know if it was on the Patreon or last week we were talking about the books coming up, but the idea that like you can put a gun in my head and you say, name the top five Metamorpho villains, I'm going to die right there because Metamorpho is a character I know. Don't know him very well, though, let alone his goddamn villains. But when you have these characters like this, like you have this robot army, and wait, you see a bunch of robot armies, and then out of nowhere, this gigantic mechs that are destroying his city, I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah, most. Here's the thing. Most of the Metamorpho villains are going to be the Batman and the Outsiders villains. That's kind of how right. it ended up seeming. But I did look and I tried to, I was sending you some wacky ones because there's a bunch that he's fought. But I did find somebody who had a Metamorpho page, right? And then yeah. they had a list. Now, I think it's only, four. no, it's five. One, two, three, four, five. They had a, a list of the big villains of Metamorpho. Number one, Simon Stagg. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Sense. Number Java. two, Bounty Hunter, and I think Simon Stagg had Old Java like him, big Bounty Hunter. Number three, Baron Bedlam. Uh, okay. Number four is Agamemno. And then number five is Injustice League. <laughs> I can't even there say that. Go. I know, I have problems too. But yeah, I none of the guys in here. But you end up where he was going through that whole, you know, Doc Dread that was a Doomsday Clock deal, but it seemed to be playing off the terrific thing as well. Villains. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, and it's, again, we often say that uh, a hero is often elevated by his villains, but either or, Metamorpho isn't well known. Metamorpho is elevated by the outsiders, and not even everybody cares about all the outsiders. And that's the thing about it. Metamorpho, I think he's a cool enough kid. Reggie loved him, but he's good on a team. He's got to be on a team, uh, the way that it, it plays out. But what would you give this? I looked away because how good the art is. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 because the story, I think, is intriguing. I want to see where it goes, but there is a lot of downtime in this. And it's like weird leaps in the logic. Like, oh, no, I can't leave my house because people are suspecting me of murder until you have to just do Batman stuff and it doesn't matter anymore. That was a problem for me. And even the stuff when we have the robot army, for no reason, just being out of control and we just have an extended fight scene, didn't do anything for me with the story except for, hey, Superman gets to punch some robots. I'm not really here for that. I'm actually intrigued in the whole idea of what's going on in the story. That just felt like a bit of filler to me. But with that, I still had fun here. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, like I said. I'm a man. I'm 40. You're a man, Eric. You don't want fun. I'm giving it an 8 5. I really liked it. I had fun, and I liked the art. And with it, I just boy, – Jimmy wants to have fun, Eric. And especially this week, we're going to get a lot of issues that have a lot of fan service. But there's something about this world's finest book that the fan service doesn't feel as forced and it feels kind of fun and neat to me. It's neato, Eric. It's but neato. I, I do enjoy it. But what are we doing next? Superman, number three, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Jamal Campbell and Ariana Meyer on letters. And that's it. And in this issue, if anybody remembers from previously, we had a whole bunch of parasites going around. Little clone parasites. That parasite problem has evolved to all of these things. And they became nano parasites. They infected people's blood. And people all over Metropolis are turning into parasites, including our superhero, Superman, by the end of the last issue. The only problem with that is everybody is all insatiable with their hunger because now they're all parasites. They fucking become monsters all throughout. Superman becoming a parasite? Oh my god, where could this go? And the answer is, it doesn't mean anything. He's still just Superman, but he looks like Parasite, and he's gonna come to, he's gonna immediately come to the problem and so solve it by breaking into Striker's Island, getting Lex Luthor, getting Livewire, saying, Livewire, 
Lex over here is going to strap you down in the chair. We're going to go to Supercorp. And we're going to... We're going to amplify your your electric powers to where it draws in all the parasites, but also draws them out of people, and then they're going to electrocute themselves to the point of being overstimulated to the where the real parasite, Rudy Jones, is going to come in and just start eating himself whole. <laughs> and um, that's the thing. It's like, I like the idea of parasite. We don't get enough of my mind, and every time we do get them out within the last 10 years, it's always like a weird cameo where he's screwed over by Superman or Wonder Woman or Batman. But this whole idea of parasite on the loose, it's cool. If you're going to evolve them, cool. That's like, give me some time though. We're issue number three and we resolve the issue completely by the end here. And just dealing with the idea where I want to see Livewire. And that was my problem with the first issue where we only got a cold open where Livewire had a whole situation that Superman had to resolve, but we never got to see it. We saw her being arrested Put it in Striper's Island to the point where she's just there now to be the solution to our problem that came in here. And within three issues, everything's resolved. That's a little too easy, a little too fast for me, especially because Superman being a parasite, that's a great big goddamn deal. And within one issue, not half an issue, it's resolved. And I'm like, why is everything on fast forward that we're dealing with here? I, I don't know. And and the thing that, that really shocks me, again, you had Superman in this issue. He comes in, he shows up as a pet. Oh, my God, look at this. And the last issue, Cliffhanger. Oh, my God, Lois and Jimmy, they're pet. Like, all these things are ramping up, ramping up. Oh, my God, how are we going to get oh, out of this? The and stakes. I, and, yeah, <laughs> who ordered the stake? Eric, the the idea did. of all this is it's one of those tropes when you're, you're reading comics where I hate when the finale of this is so much less than the, you know, kind of like the promise of the setup. When you get this whole deal, because when we start this out, it feels big. It feels cool. And the problem with me and you, especially, and I'll talk to you, Eric, like you talk about Green Arrow fans or talk for them. You talk about them as well. But I will say that me and you end up, we're very wary of some of the storytelling deals of a Joshua Williamson, that sometimes he has some good ideas and then they fall apart. A lot of times he changes them up. They get wacky. But one of our big things is ending stories, uh, and they kind of end with a thud. And this does because of the fact that it felt bigger. And so you have this whole thing with these villains in the background. But right now, I'm here for Parasite and Livewire. Let's see where you're going. Livewire ends up by the end of this issue only feeling like a prop that showed up just because she needed to. Doesn't feel natural. And then at the end, there's so much more that you could do with Parasite, who is not really used that much. Like you, we talk about it. You said Oh, my it. God. Even by the end, it's like Lex Luthor is there because we have to have him because we broke into the prison to get him out. But the idea, this is all he's wanted for the last two issues, for Superman to break him out so he can help Superman resolve the issue now that he's given him Super Corp, through which the former Lex Corp. But when you have the idea then, it's like, all right, I'm Lex Luthor. And we like we subdued Parasite, all the clones are gone, and now he's a gigantic heaping mess of fuck because of him eating the entire bit of clones that he had. Well, I'm going to inject him with this. It's going to take out the radiation that originally did it that we never knew nothing about, but he just... And and it's just resolved because we had a gun that he has an injector to do the solo, take out the, the specific radiation that did this thing to evolve him to this point. And now the thing is, we can complain about it here because it is on the fast track. It's on fast forward, something fierce. I like maybe the stuff it is with the Lex idea. and Superman, though. I, I well, love that's always good parts, in my right? mind. Yeah. But when you have the idea, like, maybe this is very easy for us to see, like, oh, my God, why is everything so easily resolved? When the idea is it is the long game where we have to see how Lex was behind everything. And that's just what, this is why he has everything ready to go when he does because he's not like not in on it but has prepared for the situation to hand because he knows who the foes are yeah but it, it, it's weird i mean this it's very weird this doesn't seem this parasite thing doesn't seem like i think that i mean by the end 
Howard Stern, the villain, along with the other, they're talking and they're like, wait till Superman Dr. finds Farm out. Howard Stern. Yeah, wait till, wait till they find out. Wait till Superman finds out what Lex really did and whatnot. I just think that those villains were set up by Lex at one point for being yet another Superman attack squad. And then almost like, and the thing that worries me. It's like the more rejects from Smallville from the days in high school. <laughs> you say that, I'm thinking of the idea where, okay, Joshua Williamson, please don't make this like a almost mirror image of that. I'm going to do my own Batman Incorporated and make my own like like he did on the Batman book for that little bit he was on. Yeah. I hope that that's not it. But Still doing the ramifications of that. Yeah. And, and even then, are we? Because I think they've given up looking for those things, and now they're just getting attacked by Joker Inc. But you end up where all this going down, like Superman smashing through the window as a parasite. First off, not really like he's become parasite like everybody else. And we're like, okay, well, what does this mean? How is this going to go? But yet, because of the way the issue has to go, Superman could just fight through it. He just ends up really being like a Frankenstein bizarro to me, go there, live. Like, it doesn't really affect that. Lex barely even bats an eye, just like, how did you get it? Were the microbes in the air? Now, maybe that's a little too much information that he might know, like you said, but they are microscopic. Breathe in. I'm like, what, what is going on? Then you go and Livewire's okay, but li- Livewire's just there to <laughs> yell jokes. Don't eat me! Don't eat me! Don't eat me! Well, and- even the idea where we are breaking Alex with her, because where we saw him when he was initially arrested, where it looked like that whole Magneto fortress from the X, the first X-Men yeah, movie. Yeah, we're ba- so jumping like, back and forth with that, right? Every other time we see him, he's just in a regular cell. By the And it seems like even when Superman breaks into his cell to get to him and Livewire, it's just a regular cell. Later on, he's back in that gigantic containment room like it's from Magneto and the X-Men before, so... I don't even know what Lex is doing. Is this just where he has to go for have his, you know, PT time? I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe he had good, good behavior. They put him in a regular cell so he could do his things. And then he's there. That's just solitary. But it, it's a weird play because Superman comes in and I'm expecting more. And so when you get to it, you nailed the one Fight part. Fight the that, hunger, something. Yeah. At, at this point, I'm like, okay, what's going on? He ends up putting on the hazmat Superman suit. That's gonna. I'm gonna now, confuse them and do this. I'm, and I'm like, you, things again, are just throwing it, out of nowhere. They're just being looks, presented to it you. It looks great. Here's a containment suit that we have for Supercorp that was all made for Superman because everything now at LexCorp has been made for Superman for him to fight, like you know, the best of his ability and to bring truth, justice, and a better tomorrow for all. When we have him as a parasite, this thinking about the idea of him as a parasite monster taking the time to change into a containment suit, and all this containment suit does. Oh, it's just going to hide me from the Parasite clones, but not Rudy Jones. Well, how's that? We're not talking about that. It's just the Parasite clones. And also, I understand that, you know, Lex may have it. How did he know that was there? He goes and gets it. Then he's still the Parasite and, when and, he's you know, using one it. Giant, then- one of those giant like versions of the suit so a Parasite Superman could get it on. Yeah. And so when he ends up like right at the right time, he's there. He has that. And then you have Livewire still screaming, they're coming to eat me. The light goes up, and then everybody's, you know, all the parasites, including microscopic ones, are all going at it. Superman's Drawing out of people. Superman's immediately cured. I mean, and there's where, like, I know this is a comic book, but the science of this is like, okay, the microbes were in them, but then they, the microbe, little teeny, teeny, weeny, you know, little, you know, parasites, they've and now I, gone out, and now he's just Superman again. You have live wire amplifying a gigantic S symbol into the sky, full of electricity, all this power of Metropolis. Being this giant beacon for the parasite clones, but I also wanted there to be a bit of a struggle because 
Well, on yeah. Top of this, you have you have the nanite parasites going into people, eating off of them, and then they are transforming people into parasites who then want to feed and feed and feed, just like a normal Rudy Jones. I want the idea where you have this gigantic beacon in the sky that is, you know, drawing all the parasite clones in. But the ones inside Superman, why would they, they leave? Feeding, well, they are yeah. feeding off an energy source that's been absorbing the sun for 30 years at this point in time with the, all the power in the world that you could possibly need. Hell, that's all Rudy wants Rudy is to feed off him. Rudy says it. That's what I'm saying. That's Rudy actually and, like, points it out. But the, the nanite parasites inside, I'm like, no, nah, we want that electricity over there for that's some the reason. Thing, that's one of the biggest things that I complained about is the idea that Rudy no later stakes. says, oh, my God, you know, you're the best. I'm not going there. I'm going to get on you. And, and Superman has to kind of convince him. But. Why would the rest go that he should still be full out? I thought at the point where I'm like, okay, you kind of see, I don't know that you can tell it's a hazmat suit, but once you get to it, when he's putting the thing, I thought that he was doing this because, um, and we see he's changed, but if he didn't, I don't want anybody else to be infected. Once we get everybody else out, then, you know, then we'll deal with me. Uh, but no, no, it's just done. And it feels, it just feels weird. Because imagine then, that. Like, I can see saving everybody else, but by the end, Superman is still affected by right a parasite the sun. thing. Where, maybe you fly into the sun, but I feel like you're just going to suck off the sun at that point in time and not do anything yeah, else with it. Leave them in there. Because, they could be big in the sun. Hmm. That is a continued idea of the drama of the story you could have because Superman has saved everybody. But now, like, is it a bigger problem that he saved everybody and now the most powerful being That's in the what universe? I thought. Is the parasite now everybody else has to deal with that? This is some cool stuff, but it's all just washed away. And how about this? How about this with the thing? You have that happen. We already said that Lex seems a little sus that he has. It seems like he has all the things that would end up working out for this. Well, the way that I would think that you would get them out of Superman then after this fight is, and it's the opposite of the sun. You were right. They would get, you have to get them in a spot somewhere here where there is no sun and can suck the power out of him so that they don't have anything. And Lex suddenly has a chamber to do that. Superman's like, what the fuck do you have this for? Like, why would you have this? But you don't do anything. It's what, just you boom, boom, one? boom. No. <laughs> and it's like, it's almost a decontamination, but it's like a, a decharged Superman and deal. The, and even the idea with that, I can even see Lex explain in a way where you have the solar suit that brought that Superman back to life after he died. This is a de-solar suit to try to kill a Superman. Like, Why wouldn't, wouldn't he have cool? the opposite of something that powers up a Superman? Because Lex Luthor should have something like and that. And it'd be funny. It's like, why do you like, hey, Lex, I thought you were down with me. Why do you have that? He's like, hey, old hub, it's so hard to break, my friend. I'm like Peter Cetera. You end up where all this is going on, though. And I'm a genius, but I'm a bit of a hoarder. I, I guess I want to just point out right now the things that we're getting angry about. It's not because the story sucks. The actual concepts are pretty good and have us very intrigued. Has some amazing like things that can happen from it. They, they, he, Joshua Williamson does not use them. He just snaps his fingers and everything is solved. And I had some people arguing with me on the video deal of this saying, well, what do you expect? This is the sequential storytelling and things like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I expect a story that has a really good setup to have a really good payoff and, and continue. You have two more issues of this before it shuts down to get to the whole night terrors, right? I would have rather have had With two more issues of this. I wish that because by the end, you're already setting up a book. This is what I complain about when we get to Nightwing. Not this issue, but overall, like, Nightwing never struggles because he has now in this Superman, one of the biggest plays is he's boring because he's too powerful. You're setting up something here that's really interesting to set up that Superman is in real trouble. He might need Lex and all that. And then you just kind of snap your fingers and it's over. And once Lex says, 
oh, it's the radiation. I'm like, what the? Why are you adding things in at the last second and then have a gun to fix it? Just so, and again, just a plot device to have Superman say, you know what? You were the one who kept them from that radiation. You they saved it out. Rudy. You know what? Maybe you aren't as bad as I. I should give you the benefit of the doubt, Lex. And you know what? Maybe we can change the world together, like you've been saying nonstop in my ear while you've been in prison. You know what you deserve, buddy? Big old bald buddy, you. A Jimmy Sonic watch like I have for Jimmy Olsen over now. What don't like- tell Jimmy. <laughs> He's going to be jealous as shit. But, but it's a weird thing, too, for the idea of him having, like, you know, the Superman watch. When he's done nothing but talk in Superman's ear, and Superman even says throughout the storyline, I can't tune Lex out. I'm always listening for his voice. You say this also. You have that going on. Maybe this is the play of, you know, shut your fucking mouth. And No, I love it where he's like, oh, man. Also, when he gets it, it really does look like an engagement ring. I'm like, finally, finally, Lex, you got what you wanted. Conjugal visits. He's like, now that you're not Parasite, can, can you suck? Still, Oh, my God. Eric. So you have all that going down. All I need now is the prison guards to come and beat the shit out of Lex and take that watch. What, is he going to shove it up his ass like we're Pulp Fiction? All that, too. And then what I really need is Jimmy's like, where's Superman? And you see on the top of the the Daily Planet that Superman and Lex, they're eating hot dogs and hot dogs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jimmy would lose his mind. Now we could just have the book. Superman's pal Lex Luthor. This would be the greatest thing. I'd ever. read the shit out of that book. I, I, I hope that's, that's, that's I'm one joking. of those weird things. I need that book, Eric. It'd be the best. Lex Luthor is the biggest bad that Superman has. I am always pro Luthor because while he is a megalomaniacal maniac and does things the worst of, I can understand the idea of not wanting to be under the he thumb of some godlike being. Right? Exactly. So when he became long. Super Lex and wanted to do good, I thought this is a great turn for the character. Something that, like you know, you don't normally see. And that was never really developed to the point like, yes, he was on the Justice League for a hot minute. And then Superman just kept not trusting him to the point where, well, fuck you. I'm going to do bad stuff because you never trusted me. Now we're eventually getting back to the point with Supercorp where we can get to that idea once again and hopefully develop more than we had previously. And even when we have the idea of the foes of Lex Luthor, so we're not dealing with Superman baddies. We're dealing with Lex Luthor baddies. And this is even bigger than Superman's ever dealt with. And that's why you need a Lex Luthor. So when you have your mad scientists at the end, including Dr. Farm and shirtless Howard Stern in a wheelchair talking about the next phase of their plan now that they've done this and dissected the Bizarro for some God knows God only knows reason when he says let's find our next test subject and you see Silver Banshee on the screen I'm like yes I can deal with the Silver Banshee story at this point in time because you have all of these super stories all these books action comics Superman everything all the time for years and years and years but for some reason it never really feels that we ever get a lot of Superman villains in any of the stories and here finally they're done quickly in three issues, but it feels like we're finally getting more than we had previously, at least in the villain department. I just hope we have more time to deal with them in future stories than we did here. And so when you have this, the, the parasite stuff, and it, it, even when he's like, thanks, Superman, and then he eats too much. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's Mr. Creosol. He's going to blow. And then they just <laughs> shoot him and he passes out like me on Thanksgiving or at the buffet. To fair. Yeah, it is. It, it ends up there where he goes to sleep like. The stuff with Lex and Superman. And oh, my what? God. What's wrong with Rudy? Food coma. <laughs> exactly. And so when you have this, the thing that worries me is the things that I get excited about this issue kind of might end up and I'm worried they'll end up the same things that we were excited about Parasite. Oh, my God. This will be cool. I just hope that yeah. this isn't a blueprint of we're going to get things and then just end them real quick. Now, this could be a result of. Joshua Williamson had some things going on, and then suddenly, even though he seems to be in charge of night terrors, you know, your summertime spooky event there, but 
Everybody's- maybe this wasn't going to be a thing. These and it it really is weird to have these books coming out this dawn of DC, and then all of a sudden they stop. So maybe he did have to finagle things. Maybe what we're seeing is something that is stopped a little ahead of time, so you can get these two other issues in before. And just I hope that the two month, you know, of not having the, the book. Well, I hope people, you know, keep going with it and like, okay, I'll, I'll time. I just imagine the idea is like, all right, we got to stop this story because for the next two issues before we hit Night Terrors, we got to deal with the spirit of Metropolis. <laughs> no, that's what I'm worried about. Ghost Girl, a Cowgirl, because the idea of coming out of Night Terrors, that's not the strongest story to jump well, back into for a Superman in my mind. But I think, mark my words, not mark my words, but we'll see if I'm right. What you have to do, and, and all these books, most of them will, will be ending in June. You better hit with the craziest ass cliffhangers in June. Like, oh, not the nonsense of. Back. I think Superman is sucks. Oh, I'm telling <laughs> you, you have to go really hard with that. So people are like, holy shit, I don't care if I have to wait through the spookiest months of the year. I'm coming back. And it can't be, oh my God, we're going to get the ghost of the root. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't need that. that sounds fun actually Rooting and i thought it was Maryland funny Moonlight. and it's funny because really i wish because lois is on the i wish jimmy was on that case because i told you i thought jimmy was going to be involved in that Sent that would have been hilarious yeah yeah i oh i thought it was going to be all that jimmy nonsense and plus he's pissed he's no longer superman's pal it's lex uh, one I'm thing you, that was you send Jimmy back in time to the old West dealing with a living Marilyn Moonlight before she becomes a ghost. And for some reason, Jimmy is the reason that she becomes the spirit of Metropolis by the end. Something along those lines. Now, this book is even feeling more like a world's <laughs> finest Batman Superman, Silver Age kind of it story. Is. Well, when this issue or this issue, this podcast, we're going to have a lot of books that I kind of get that idea that some of these books and I don't mind having. No, I, I, I want to have fun. You know, the Dawn of DC stuff in this, it, it's a little more important, but I don't mind having fun. And really, Alex teaming up with Superman, me and you both like Super Lex at the beginning of Rebirth that Dan Jurgens was doing in Action Comics. We liked it a lot, kind of fizzled out. So we're back to that. And like you said, he was even the, you know, on the Justice League. Some of the things that Lex have done, though, that he proves that he's a decent enough guy. He knows Bruce Wayne's Batman. He doesn't tell anybody. He keeps that a secret. Also, the idea of all of this going on, people seem, and this week even, people were upset about Lex, kind of, oh, I don't need this Lex. This is just like Norman Osborn being a good guy with Peter. It's not quite like that. I, I don't get that feel as much of no. that. Like, I, it's a different feel. Like you said, Lex, he's bad, but he has that focus where he has good intentions. Norman's yeah. just insane most of the time. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, I love Norman Osborn as a villain through and through because that's who he is. I think that's what it is. It, it is. It's a, a Green Goblin tattoo that I've had for over how, how long has it been now? How old am I? Oh my god, <laughs> twenty five years. But the idea though, Lex Luthor can walk that line. I can't. It's like the idea of almost a deadly duo where we got a Batman and Joker story. If this was the case, where then it's not where the Joker's like, I'm a good guy now. I'm just going to do Batman stuff, and that's like. You can't have situations like that because Norman Osborn is essentially like the Joker yeah, to Peter yeah, Parker. Yeah, over it's there. not the same so to me. Lex is not the same at all. No, and I love where you get Lex and why I think that Lex is great, even as a villain, but as a hero type deal, you always are waiting to see. And he's always, everything comes back to Lex. I mean, he does things for himself, even when he's a hero. So it looks like he's doing sus things, but he might not be, but he might be. And he does some really 
really crazy stuff, but in his way. And so I like it. And in the right this, way, <laughs> I think that basically. Hashtag Lexus right. Exactly. I think that basically in this, he sees that whatever this group is, they're back. He does seem to realize this. He knows that they're badass and he's in trouble. I do think he's using Superman for his own deal. But the hope is that maybe he can, you know, like what he's doing Use and maybe help for his own deal. I more. mean, you, you know that eventually <laughs> he's going to do some other bad things and do some. But in this, I think that he is using Superman, but I don't feel like he's being full out like he wants to hurt. So I think he needs Superman's help. Even outside of this, I just want to have that moment, almost like we had with, like, you know, when Wally West started working at Terrific Tech or even walking through the Flash Museum and all the stuff they have in the back room stuff. The idea of Superman having the fortunes of Salakin, that's always all inspiring. But having a corporate company building that's just dedicated to super science for the use of Superman, I'm like, I want to go and have that moment where we just walk through and see all the Q-like gizmos, like in Bond or something along those lines. Like, what is Supercorp doing to make Superman a better Superman? That's amazing to me. I want to see more of that. And I, like when we first started talking about that in the first issue of Superman, it always reminds me of the fifth season of Angel when he started getting the, um, like the demonic wall from Wolfram and Hart. With like, what are you going to do with yeah. all the, yeah, what are you going to do with all these resources now, Angel? And are you selling your soul to the devil to have all these things? And it's just like that here. And I love that dynamic and storytelling. I just hope we get more very soon. Yeah. And I- I'd love to see, like, as they're walking through, See some of the things that, like you said, working on, but maybe even the people who are working on them, we might get to see some classic characters and things like that. And then, but, yeah. like at Star Labs, you have a, a, a mess up in the lab where all of a sudden we're blown to the freaking antimatter universe and we have to have an adventure down there because of what Supercorp did. Exactly. Now, the other thing that I think should be brought up by Lex and maybe Joshua Williamson should have this in the story. I mean, yeah, it's fine and dandy when you're like, oh, that damn alien Superman. But Jesus Christ, since then, I mean, you can't walk through the streets without bumping into seven aliens. I mean, there's so many more. So the idea that Superman's the one, oh, we can't trust this dirty alien. I think that by now, Lex might be able to realize, okay, he might be the better of them. But he still can't get out of his own way because he wants to be the authority. He wants to be the big thing. So I do really like that. But the parasite stuff just it fizzled out, and you just ended up throwing things, and that definitely affected my score. Also, I told you to look that last panel that has Superman where he's like, "Let's get to work." I'm like, "Who is that dude? He looks ugly. He looks like he got." Well, hit you by say a truck. that. I love Jamal Campbell's art throughout this whole thing, but for some reason, I really don't like the way he draws Clark Kent. Like, yeah, I don't Clark like Kent come out the end. I don't know if it's just the glasses, the shape of his head to that gigantic body that he has. Something <laughs> feels off to me about that Clark Kent. But otherwise, I think this book looks great. And another thing that we have in this that we didn't talk about, which I think is a really great moment, is when Lois and Clark are discussing what they're going to do with Supercorp and everything that's going on. And they just take time to dance while the rest of the family like, get a room. It's, it's, it's nothing good, but it's just that. nice. To me, that's just the bend of shit that at the end of an issue, you just throw shit to people go, he gets it. I don't need that, though. I did hear that they were listening to. Uh, Fucker Gently by Tenacious D. That was the song. That's why you have Kara. I love that well, song. That's thing why. Is, I'm sitting there. I'm like, there's no goddamn music playing. I don't know how you insane people are she talking says, about. She says, I love that song, and something's going on. Maybe they're just listening to some radio station in, you know, Philadelphia. Maybe they're listening to Preston Steve for you. Well, they have super hearing. They can listen to whatever. Uh, but, yeah, they're dancing around in the air. I just thought that that was the 
Okay, we have to have the obligatory Lois and Clark hugging and a kissing. All right. That was fine. a nice moment. Yeah, it's just I, I've almost been desensitized to that nonsense when we didn't get what I wanted in the other part. So that didn't give me any sort of thrills or jollies like you. Eric, well, I maybe if Superman that. punched some robots, you'd be happier about it. Yeah, actually. And, or throw them into the sun. That'd be cool. <laughs> uh, but what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the story falls flat, even though I do love the art and the ideas behind it. Like we talked about through this whole thing, but nothing about this finale felt like it was earned at all. It just came to a conclusion because I had to, and we're going to move on. So ultimately, because I'm going to give it a 6.3 out of 10. I'm a 7. I'm a 7 out of 10. That's a lot with the art. And uh, I love when, I didn't say this, Eric, I love when they're dancing. At me. That that annoyed me. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Again, I didn't like the dancing that went on later in the podcast, too. I just don't like dancing. I am the John Lithgow of podcasters, Eric. You dance, you're out. Get out of town, Eric. I don't need them. But we're going to go off right now to some mail. It is time for the mail, and if you want to be part of the mail and be a star like Eric Shea, all you have right. to do is email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Craig, and we haven't heard from Craig, Craig. in a while. Craig is back. Craig. He's ready for the attack. He says, Dear Jim and Eric, see, so remembers the proper deal of how you do this. Proper. What's been one the funniest to the stupidest book you've read since doing the podcast? And mine are one and the same, but I will let you go first. I figured the funniest book that we've done on here was All-Star Section 8 during the, was that the DCYU era that, that we had? That was those? the DCYOU, and then it continued with another thing. Yeah, then, it wasn't weird. as good as the original one, but I'm saying that would have to have been the funniest thing I think we did. And the stupidest, it's really a toss-up because there's been so many, and the thing is, like, bad and stupid go hand in hand to me sometimes but just overall just trying to de- decipher what was going on and some of the concepts it might have to be steve orlando's jla run from rebirth era but couldn't that have been the funnest Eric? no it At wasn't funniest well mine kind of goes to combo but you're right that all-star section eight was up there now some of the things that i think of when i and i tried to i'm thinking what would it be what not and i only keep thinking of just little things that pop up not books themselves but right. even something like a Stephanie Phillips with the whom with the whole Solomon oh, Grundy. We laugh yeah. so much, but that's not the funniest book. But that moment was so was funny. Moment, We've yeah. had a lot of those moments like that. But the stupidest to me, but the one that I had the most fun and laughed the most at, it had to be that end of Sandy Catwoman. We ended up laughing so much. But when you said about the Steve Orlando stuff, that, that was just the same. But it, that drove us nuts. But all right, all right. I just had another idea, maybe another contender. I don't know if it's going to sway you at all, but just think back to Convergence, the Atom. Well, that, and I'm telling you, the big hand, I actually the thought of hand. that. The Dave Grohl hand for no reason. Dave Grohl Everlong hand that didn't go by <laughs> any of the rules. Yeah, that, even in the whole deal with that, with the whole Duke of Wellington, all oh, this yeah. stuff always well, the Duke goes. Duke of Wellington was just a weird afterthought to that Convergence. I know. Here's but a it was funny. Dick Wellington quote for no reason. That goes with me with the idea of like little bits and pieces of things are funny. But I'm telling you, and I could even go with the Katana book from Anno Senti. I could even go with the, what was it? The, uh, with the witch boy, uh, deal. <laughs> Clarion, book, yeah. Clarion, the witch boy. Like those books were so bad that, I mean, that time 
when you ended up having that villain yelling at Katana that her husband didn't like her because she couldn't make the bed. And that she burns Don't eggs. Say that. <laughs> and she was getting driven nuts. And like, no, no. You burn toast. No. Yeah, it was the burnt toast. Was That was the big. Uh, but that race of thieves, Eric, it, it was so, oh, so bad. bad that it was so hilarious, especially at the end. But even when I went back to look, because I'm like, okay. During that, and I mentioned this a little bit ago when we talked, uh, the race of thieves wasn't even the only thing going on. There was also a murder mystery going on from like a hundred years prior with this Obviously. family, and it made no damn sense. It made no right, damn sense. This one? It was so Another hilarious. contender for an entire series, but it was the pre-rebirth era Justice League of America where Brian Hitch had his JLA oh, run. It's another JLA so book, which bad. is crazy, where it was like a 12-issue run for just his JLA of just no real time frame. It was just his JLA, and it was so bad. Let's keep going. Midnighter by Steve Orlando, while a lot of people liked it at one point, and even when it came back, and I didn't know what the third rail was. <laughs> <laughs> but even that with, again, JLA with Pistol Shrimp, and all this nonsense that we were like, the what JLA the by Stephen oh, was really bad. Had the opportunity to be amazing with that cr- yeah. crazy cast of characters, which I always love of the JLA, but the, the dialogue and storytelling were just off from the get go. I remember when I, I ended up reading it before you because I was reviewing it and I said, get this, because you kept talking to me, talking up old Prometheus. Oh my God, this guy took down the. One of the greatest threats. He got taken out by a random lady who was on a tour with a taser. <laughs> Ah, Prometheus. Oh, my God. Remember at the end? How the mighty have fallen. At the end, that all became this push for that, you know, Justice League uh, foundation that they were going to have. The Justice Foundation never got there. That that never got there. Uh, That was pretty fun, though. I mean, these are the things that we had the most fun talking about. I I can't make it to the point where... And again, we say we had the most fun. I think it was the most fun for people to listen to us talk about. I did not have fun talking about because... It was bad. Now, when I'm talking about the idea of what's the funniest or most fun book to talk about. The funniest. I think that All-Star Section 8 was really, really funny. Because that was made to be funny and it worked out. But other things were so bad. I can't sit back like, man, this is so bad because I still have to sit there and read it. And I know I'm going to spend about 45 minutes talking about it. It's going to drive me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That that is true. But yeah, probably the All-Star Section 8 is funniest. But boy, there was some unintentionally funny books. I mean, even the stuff with. Like a Lobo on Stormwatching. He's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Though, I did end up reading something uh, that's going to be coming out down the line, that Ed Brisson Stormwatch story that's going to be in The Brave and the Bold. That ends up having just as crazy a team that I don't know why those guys are there. But, yeah, I guess. But some of the things are just usually moments for me that stick out. And I'm telling you, that Stephanie Phillips home, that that ends up being one of the funniest things from the past. I even like tonight. When you ended Cancel up my having polo match. Metamorpho talking also shit on that. That was a fun time, you know, yelling about the uh, Mercury. But the, the polo match was fun, too. I, I always like that sort of thing. But that is that. But yeah. Just not dancing. Stupidest, though. Did you say the stu- You said the JLA and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, I'm telling you, anything by Innocenti in the New 52 was just Pretty straight bad. up made no damn sense. And there's been other things when i think of stuff i think it was marguerite benet that did that lois lane one shot that was just bullshit there was a lot of real we had that one shot come out with lois lane but also we had amanda waller one shot that came out as well and then there was like weird things that came out and then you had the series i nonsense anything with joker's daughter back in the day was pretty much lame but uh but it could have been so good again just little 
fun little tidbits, though, again, that I always think of was when Damien ended up throwing shade at Roy. Okay, trucker head. Like that shit was no, no. fun. It, it was a redneck man, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something like that. But I know he said something about the that as well. It was just nonsense. Now, some people will like the that burger, Eric, and I didn't like some it. people. I, yeah, I didn't like that. So there you go. I just brought us down. But thank you, Craig. And the next mail and the last mail, it's quick mail section, is from Barry. And Barry says, "Hey, Jim and Eric." I recently found out about your podcast through Jim being on the Comic Aficionado show on Saturdays and the huge videos, and I'm so glad I did. I love how everything you guys do has a different feel to it, especially this podcast, which is hilarious. Do right. you two? We did it, Jim. Do you two really hate each other? That was <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we sometimes, do. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes I get so angry. Oh my goodness! Sometimes he kicks a computer and we haven't gotten down. angry in, in a while, but there are sometimes. Uh, LOL, he said that. I just wanted to ask Eric though. This is the question for you. Why? I just wanted to ask Eric why he hasn't been on the Comic Aficionado show because I think he would be great. I know what you're going to say. I know what it, you're going to say. Tired, and you're going to set yourself up. Okay, that's better. I thought you were going to say I've never been invited. And then I would have gotten you invited. So there you go. I would like to I be on with that. you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, says, thanks for all the work. And I plan on joining the Patreon soon, says uh, Barry. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, Eric, you can just show up. You'll get yelled at in the comments section like I do. And, you know, you know I wouldn't like the comments. I know. I, I actually thought the idea, because me and you are very similar, that we don't like to branch out. We don't like to, you know, we get nervous with new I'm people. I'm not a people and person. And neither am I. And I think that, like, the first time I was on the show, I was so nervous. Now I'm just like, eh, whatever. I'm just going to yell shit. I just yell random stuff is what I do, Eric. But my problem is, I don't know if everybody realizes this, is I end up, once I get going, though, I, I don't shut up. So I end up being told a lot to shut up, and then I'm mad about it for a whole week. I, I mean, I have to it. hear about yeah, it. Yeah, I even tell you. I'm like, wait, do you hear what they said? Uh, and then the comments, and they're against me. Just because I said on that show, that I think that the concept of Ray wasn't bad. It was just the execution of her. And then Star somebody, Wars, right? Yeah, and then somebody okay. said, now, Ray Lewis. They, they end up, well, somebody I, ended I'm up saying, like, you mean the character from DC Comics of the Ray? Yeah, so then they ended up where, when I said that, somebody said, and I think it was a guy, Yule, well, the concept is just Luke. And I'm like, yeah, great concept. But nobody bats an eye that Luke goes from Hey, I got the Womp Rats. Not only just the idea where he blows up the Death Star, but he can fly all these mechanical things that he's never done before. But that's fine. But Ray, I just, I like the concept of Ray when, when I first heard about it. I don't know why I'm defending myself here about it. But I don't yeah, know either. I still haven't watched all. I've, I've only watched about, about a half hour of the uh, Rise of Skywalker. I just wasn't into it. I ended up, I think my Star Wars, new Star Wars love is dead. Eric, dead like a doornail. But yeah, you should come on the show sometime. I'll, I'll tell Wes to send me an invite. See what you That's say. That's what I'm doing stuff for this podcast. Mm, you know, are you? Yeah. <laughs> 10 a.m. On the yeah. Saturday, you're getting ready. Yeah. All right. I'm usually oh. done by 12 o'clock, and then you know, I'm waiting for you to say when you're ready. Well, then you, you just have to do it later. But as you see, I am getting more people to the podcast by making myself available. So uh, thank you, uh, Barry, for shedding light. On the fact that Eric should be out and about and branching, you know, out to different things. And thanks, Craig. But yeah, 
I looked up Craig. I think the last time he emailed us was like 2020, like the end of 2020. So it's been a while. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, yeah, keep on keeping on. Keep doing what you're doing, Craig. But, yeah, email and some more. But, yeah, thanks, everybody. Again, if you want to be part of the whole deal, all you have to do is email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We read everything, even if it's negative. Even if you yell about Eric Shea, we will certainly read it. If it's Especially. Me, we'll see. We'll see. Actually, we'll read that as well. But thanks for that. And we're going to go off. We have three more books in the next section. Some fan service coming up, right? Eric's all fi- fired up. We get the finale of Deceased. We're maybe done. Do you think we're officially done? Yes, do I think, think we're done. Like, yeah, okay. so we'll I feel that, like but, Deceased has run its course finally. Yeah, I, I do too. But we'll be back with that in a, just a moment. Dick Grayson had a problem with KGBs. And Nightwing fans felt like they had been fleeced. They got Rick Grayson and subscriptions decreased. The future was kind of shitty. Tom Taylor showed up, made everyone glad. Gave Dick a billion and he's rooming with Babs. He saved a three-legged dog from boys who were bad. The sky was the limit. And the Titans. I might just add that at the end. I was thinking that I, I need to make a Titans song, but also I could have done something with You're Gonna Burn in Hell, since that's where we are in this issue. But yeah, we have three books. We're going to start with Nightwing number one. We should do a Nightwing song where it's always the Titans going to show up, where it's like, instead of putting on the reds, it's Titans in this bitch. That, that would be Titans. <laughs> we could do that. Because, yeah, yeah. But now, this story has already been set up to be that they don't come swooping in, but it is more of a Titans story than How just. How can they swoop in when they're always just there? Well, that is true. They are always there. Hopefully, and I said this before, you get a Titans book coming up soon. Maybe then we'll actually get a Nightwing book back. But in this, this is something that I would hope that would be right in your wheelhouse. This is something, again, that you end up having Neuron, some things that kind blaze? of your fancy blazes there, all that going down. The daughter of the Wizard Shazam? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness gracious. But we're going to get into I this. I like the way she looks here. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't either. And you know what the thing is? I know that I didn't. And it's funny you say that because I ended up looking up Blaze then. Because I'm like, this isn't what Blaze always looked like, right? And I look, oh, yeah, yeah, I like the old way. Um, But while this is happening, it's funny because this is what I was saying earlier, where a lot of the books this week have a lot of fan service feel to it. And this is always one of them that ends up doing it. 
the problem is like what is the secret sauce of why i like one why i don't like the other or whatnot but dancing. it usually is not that yeah maybe dancing but it's <laughs> also if the story hits and if it ends up and and i don't know this nightwing book while you're doing different things here it just doesn't feel like I got any sort of idea. Like, there's no tension in my mind. There's nothing. I like it enough. I actually like it more than some of the issues we've had in the past. But it just didn't hit with me as much as it really, I thought, it would have or should have. But Maybe it's because it is- of the computer system in hell. Oh, my God. Look at all the viruses and malware on this old computer screen in hell where we have all the kind of like – why did you have to make hell stupid? Huh? Why do you have to make a joke about hell and soul contracts and stuff like really, that? Really, some like, of the things that we've done recently in hell are this and then that Shazam mini that Tim Sheridan did. the Demon when Casino? You, yeah, when you go into hell, it's all fucking nonsense. I don't need that. I want to be scared. I'm a scared boy, Eric. I can't take it. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm not. I'm like, oh, that sounds okay. I don't mind it. I know I'm heading there, so why not? I at least I'm getting some sort of, you know, optimism for it. But oh yeah, yeah. But this is Nightwing number one oh three, written by Tom Taylor, art by Travis Moore and Vasco Georgiev, Adriana Lucas, and Wes Abbott. And yeah, you you get a bunch of characters thrown in that we don't normally get. This is where a lot of the kind of talk that I could have here will sound very similar to what we said about the Batman Superman World's Finest. We're getting to see a bunch of characters we don't normally see. They have the setup and whatnot. It just didn't end up hitting with me that much. It's just like, okay, we have to go here. Then we're going to – everything seems easy. It seems quick. And I, I don't know. By the end, it just seems, again, a little more empty. But at least we're changing some scenery. We're in oh, yeah, hell. We're going to hell. It's even the idea of hell, though, because I like Neron, the idea that he wants this Olivia soul because – if he can't get the soul of a little girl and he's contested by this, everybody in hell is going to contest him. Even Blaze, who used to rule hell as well. She is right there front and center to try to put Neron his place. He puts her down and they're like, yeah, we got to freaking, you know, get this little girl's soul because I can't have shit like this continuing to go on. But even when you have the Titans in hell, which I look forward to because I wanted to see how they would react to something like this. I don't want to hear Raven talk about her father because while her father is a demon, it's a parallel dimension situation and not really a hell thing. So it doesn't really feel like it works out as well as it should. So I don't want to deal with that. But because it's Raven, that's all you can deal with. Oh, I got to bring up my daddy, even though it don't matter here. Oh, okay, and Raven. in that, you just said something else, too, that kind of did drive me a little nuts. The idea of, hey, you want to see how they react? Well, they're not going to react, Eric, because Raven's going to cast the Woodja Woodja so they don't get to see anything. Thing I is, I, ca- I, ca- I kind of like the idea because the thing is, you can't see what's going on. Fine, you would you would you? The ex- explanation I think is actually ingenious because we have a bunch of heroes, the Titans in Hell, and you're going to see nothing but people being tortured and suffering nonstop. And because you are who you are, you're going to try to help. We're not here for that, and there's nothing we can do. I but like my that. My problem a lot. is, it's because you're just going to force this through, and they don't really do anything anyway. I would have liked to. I mean, they really just walk through. And then go and and really by the end of this, as clever as you think that is, the idea of this contract and how they get out of it is one of the biggest pieces of bullshit I've ever read in a comic book since we started. The idea that they can end up fudging a contract with Neuron in a way that makes no sense at all. It doesn't make sense. It's not the greatest thing, I'll give you that, but the idea of the bureaucracy and hell and the fine print and stuff like that, it's always something I I find fascinating whenever anybody deals with hell and soul contracts and stuff along those lines, where Jezebel Jet is the mother of Olivia. She is dead now. She's been dead for a long time in DC Comics. Decapitated, Eric. Exactly, decapitated by Talia. 
Yeah, and when you have you. that going on, we don't have a guardian figure. And you know, Dick Grayson goes and makes himself the legal guardian of Olivia. But it's after that, the contract. It, it's, it, it, it doesn't matter now. Fact, but also, can you actually go and sell the soul of somebody that you don't have like ownership of? Because you know, you have. There was a contract with Blockbuster. That was the contract. So Dick Grayson coming in and saying, and he doesn't say I'm the sole deal. He says I'm with Blockbuster. It's too late. You can't just add it at the end. This is like me running in. My dad is dead and I run in and, and Jimmy gets everything on the will. And now I'm rich. You can't do that. It doesn't make sense. And it's such a surface level bullshit thing at the end to just make it work. And then away you go. That is not. It's well, even the clever, idea of Blockbuster forced. selling his daughter's soul before she's born, that doesn't feel like something that should be capable or possible anyway, because it's you not his that, to like, give. Yeah, I mean, I, you get that sometimes, you know, my firstborn son, whatever, whatever. But yeah, it, it all felt weird. So, But at the end, with Dick Grayson at the last second just saying, oh, I just wrote this on the bottom, then it's mine. I went near on to then go, wait, give me that. No, that's not. And they just keep writing. They're, they're writing back and forth to each other because... That doesn't make any sense, especially in a deal where you are having contracts or souls and things like that. These it, it ends up making it just silly. By the end, a loophole. Yeah, and the, but the loophole shouldn't be. I just ended up calling Melinda and adopting this girl, just sight unseen. I mean, even that as surface level would not be able to happen that quick. But that's beside the point. It's after the fact. It does not work. Oh, you didn't ask me about it. Well, no, this contract is dated here. You can't do that now. That doesn't make sense. So it really fell flat for me. But Again, Jim, I like some of the interactions. Did you study law in college? Because Dick Grayson, he studied law, and I'm telling you, this contract isn't worth the blood it's written on. This is hell law. I don't even know. I mean, it's different law. But again, it's, if it's anybody out actual there, actual law is bureaucracy. Yeah, well, and even then, what you're just going to get is a computer with, oh, my God, everything is just goofy to just get out of there and to tell a couple jokes. It's nice enough. This really what this issue is, is it's just the, you know, epitome or amount. It's what this book is. You're not going to get that deep into it. You're going to get fudged things. You know, I said the idea where in this book, Dick Grayson will rail on prison reform, but then tear down the prison to make a Titan's Tower, which would make more crowded prisons. This is what Tom Taylor does. He gives you the wow moment or the fun and whatnot. That makes no damn sense. But if you like that, you just go with it. Okay, that makes. But to have this thing almost like the parasite deal of, oh, he had radiation. Boom, boom, boom. Gun done. This is just the same. This well, is the exactly thing. the same thing by the end. Let's say it is not a binding contract because hell law is not the same as man's law and stuff like this, where he is he is now the legal guardian, even though there's supposed to be two names on there, and Jezebel Jett wasn't able to sign because she was decapitated. Let's just say this doesn't hold weight, but what we do have here is Neron trying to say, Nightwing, I need you to let this shit go. And if you do, you know, I can give you something in return. Aren't you always worried, like wondering what you can do with the Speed Force if I gave you power to that? What about super strength? Wait, what if I gave you the superpowers that your teammates have? How much good can you do in this world? And maybe the idea is, um, maybe it's not, but maybe it is by the end when we get to the next issue, this isn't binding. But we also need to get the Titans off our asses because he keeps kicking Neron's ass over and over again. So maybe while it's not binding, he can still keep Olivia safe away from Neron because he's done so thus far. Yeah, I just think that it's like that. Yeah, but in that, you know, he's not going to take those powers. He's going to say, I'm good enough on, on my own. That's what I'd like. But the, mean, fascinating the, part, kind of- the fascinating part about the whole thing, though, is that we have Nightwing is now j- essentially becoming Batman. Like you always wanted to be even when he was Batman, when Bruce Wayne was dead. 
The idea now that he is a billionaire, he is now taking on an orphan as the, his le- the legal guardian of something. And, you know, somebody with superpowers as well, something that Bruce never had, like training as a Robin, something like Does Olivia become something more? She's even being trained by Themyscarans and other super yeah, people. Yeah, they're training time until on the Grinning Man comes and hits her. But you, ha- you have some stuff that is really cool in my mind that you're setting up here that could do a wonders for the character as the series progresses. Yeah, again, though. I, it's just the thing that I wanted when you end up having Nightwing and you get him back to Bloodhaven and we haven't really had that kind of Bloodhaven deal. This has been all around. We end up having a sister that kind of meandered a bit. We have the, you know, what's his name? Heartless. That's not dealt with yet. Now we have the grinning man. Now we have Olivia. It's all just piling up. Plus the Titans are in the book. Every issue. We're not really progressing anything. I hope there is time to have some of these things that Olivia stays around maybe barbara adopts her too and we they get married i don't know people would like that but overall it's just it's almost like a book that just keeps adding and adding and adding but never getting rid of any of the loose ends the loose ends just sit there in the background and so yeah that might be cool but we'll have to see we'll have to see how that goes but yeah the whole play though in hell it just to me it fell flat it was very easy to just get from point a to point b and the best part you have in this is blaze telling them the source of like where the contracts are in hell because blaze is not going to like be wound up by neuron even though she was she's already humiliated by neuron right now but like if she's able to take him down a peg with the titan's help why not go for it but when you actually get to the computer system it's just a silly kind of joke it doesn't really go anywhere except for nightwing look at this i i know a legal loophole to get us out of this and when you get to it like i said maybe it is like a loophole maybe it's real maybe it's not i hope it's not just you know and neuron is offering nightwing these powers in exchange for just getting the hell off his back yeah i mean i don't think that he's gonna keep these powers at all no obviously not you know yeah, so it's just kind of like he's going to be there. Hey, you want that? And he's no. Uh, but what can Neron do at this point uh, in time right now? Right. I don't know. I, I don't even know what the. I mean, he could actually go and <laughs> take it to court. Where's Hell's court, right? We, we need down the, next like, to the computer system. He's like, this doesn't do anything. Let's go back and I want to go and talk to Satan himself and see if this contract, because it really feels Come weird. Come collect it, bitches! Where anybody now who sold their soul in this sort of way, you could just have somebody just fly in and go, alright, I mean, I guess the, the deal is trying to find the contract, but if you do, you're like, nope, I'm the father, I don't allow it. Boom. It just felt weird. It just felt silly, and by the end, it's just very, very quick with a couple jokes and just doesn't really Hit. Like I said, I don't like the computer system of hell because it is just a jokey situation. The thing that, I, I, besides for that though, I don't really mind the majority of what we have going on here. It doesn't do much overall. It's just kind of a fun, like, new little setting for us, even though it doesn't go anywhere. But when you have Donna Troy, Starfire, and Batgirl taking Olivia to Themyscira to train her, and then also Neron breaking the Grinning Man out of prison, to then for the Grinning Man just to pose as Wonder Woman on Themyscira, but also teleporting Dr. Polaris and Gorilla Grodd. On the island of the Amazons, you've taken anything special out of this island at this point in time where you just have these people here just fighting. And I'm like, for what real reason except for calling back to Underworld Unleashed where Neron gave these individual villains these powers that he had for? That mean nothing in today's comics. Yeah, exactly. And the the funny play and the thing that I said earlier was... Monster Killer Moth if you're going to do anything. Okay, I will give you that, Eric. The thing, when I was (laughs) saying it, when I said before, the idea of Okay, what's the secret sauce that this one's missing? When you do get Dr. Polaris, that feels like, you know, all of a sudden Tom Taylor's trying to get that world's finest deal. Oh, my God, there's all these, you know, guest characters. Yeah, callbacks to, like, classic things. 
But this didn't feel right. Like when you have this here, it just didn't feel as fun or right. It just kind of plops in there. And yeah, I was kind of like, eh, you know, all right. Again, I said I wasn't upset about the story. It just seemed like every time we get something in this, it always ends up being something that comes down to like some sort of letter of the law. And it never works out well for me, the way that Tom Taylor plays it. You know, just even going back. The kids are homeless, so I'll give them pizza. And I'm like, well, you know, but he everything is kind of pushed aside then to be very easily solved in a way that you shouldn't look into it. Or you're not supposed to say, well, that doesn't make sense. Or well, what maybe this is here? how it works in he Australia, He just moves Jim. on. He just, I guess, I don't <laughs> know. He moves on. Well, the funny thing is when you say that, the idea in that Nightwing 100 where he was railing into prisons for profit, That really isn't that popular here in the United States. That is more in Australia, and it didn't work, you know, if you're thinking of the DCU being in the U.S., as I do, because I'm a pig-headed jerk, Eric. Obviously. You know, with that, you do have the backup stuff that ends up, you know. Before we get to the backup, though, when we have the idea, though, that Neuron does give Nightwing these powers, because I'm going to give you a little taste of what it feels like before you make any kind of decision this way or the other about what you're going to do with Olivia. When we get this powered up Nightwing and he gets this brand new suit to go with it, I do kind of hope that this suit sticks around because I think it's pretty badass. I like the suit. I think it's pretty Power, cool. It looks like powers or not, keep the suit Nightwing. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks a little like like a motocross deal. Well, it also feels gun. like an amalgam of all his other Nightwing suits, besides the red one, obviously. But like the old school Nightwing costumes, like this feels like it's a modern take on what that was back in the eighties. I don't love the yellow domino mask. I- I'll give you that, Eric. Kind of like even it. then. If you put like a helmet on and he's going through the multiverse, that's pretty cool. No, like, I don't need that either. That suit could do all that though. This suit doesn't look like you'd have to like change. Like you don't want to end up having disco wing suit if you're underwater, but this could be good. He could hang out with Garth down there doing his thing, right? Disco. He can't scene. breathe the waters, Jim. <laughs> no, he'd have his helmet on now. And oh, also, why helmet. not? If he's going with it, just tell you know Neron, keep going, baby. I want to breathe underwater. Give me I want to do this. Powers. Just give it me all of it. Also, I would tell you that these powers seem to kind of be exciting. Nightwing a little bit. I <laughs> see something no, going on there. That's him in soft. The pants, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. I know. Them, them really, Eric. Holy moly. He is the great Dick Grayson. I mean, he is a great He's dick. a grower and a shower. Uh, he is both. But we also have the backup. The backups are nothing that I ever really think that are gonna impress me anymore i i don't know they're nice well it's the weirdest Uh, part because this is such a weird storytelling concept that we have going on here where we have dick grayson trading john ken a continuation of what we had previously in the john ken series for a backup that really means nothing but when you go to a circus tent and you have to find out who cut the trapeze line, we almost got our trapeze artist killed. I'm going to accuse this person because she had motive it wasn't me you know what nightwing i was watching her she was telling the truth Oh my God, there's only other one person it can be. The little boy. And the whole idea, like, yeah, I cut the rope, but I thought it was going to be my rope, and I thought we're going to have a net. Like, you've done this act a million times. Why did you think it was going to be your rope? How does that work out? And why did you think there was going to be a net out of nowhere? And the big thing that nobody wants to talk about until the end of this, because we have to continue this fucking story, is, but who set the bomb? I'm like, I want to find this part out first. Who set the bomb who almost killed everybody in the circus tent? But we're not worried about that. We've got to figure out who cut a goddamn rope. Yeah, I want to know who cut the cheese there. That's what I and it's always you. me. It's always you. It is always me. Uh, you yeah. always smelt it, you dealt it. I ended up, and I'm, again, going through the main story, it's just everything kind of eye-rolled and worked out fine, right? You know what I mean? But then when you get to the backup, 
And I, like I said, I didn't mind it. It's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. It's non-offensive. You get some characters. I just that you don't, don't get have. The, the reasoning behind the kid. Everything he said. I thought it was gonna be my rope and my rope and a net. Yeah, I, I didn't like the backup at all. And then I started thinking the idea of. Yeah, this is going to be another one of those books that they add the backup to get. And they are. This one, especially taking full advantage of fans because the book's selling well. They figure, oh, let's do this. We'll throw John in here. Everybody will love it. And when you get to it, it's just nothing. And you're, you're, you know, fleecing people with that. And I just don't care for it. And I wish that we just got the regular deal. People got the dollar less and keep going. But we'll see. We'll see if it affects sales or, or whatnot. But what would you give it overall? Ultimately, I'm not even thinking about the backup because it means nothing to me. It's, I'm telling you, it's, it's not good for the book, in my opinion. But the regular story, it's okay. I'm telling you, I think the art's great throughout. And I love the concepts that we're dealing with here because I think it can change the status quo of Nightwing for years to come and do amazing things with the character. Actually, everybody always calls him Batman-like to begin with. Let's even up the ending. Like we said, he's a billionaire now. Give him a freaking ward to deal with and Olivia. That sounds like some fun stuff, especially because she has superpowers and is the daughter of one of his biggest villains ever. These are some cool concepts I want to see. How we're getting there, it's a little iffy, but you can still have fun with the story overall. So 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm a 7, so I liked it a little more because I like the art. And again, I never trust any of these things of being something like, oh, it's going to change the status quo. I don't even think it's going to change the status quo in six months. Uh, There's like the change the status quo. I thought the sister was going to change Melinda, and that kind of gets pushed aside. And then you have all that playing. She's there, but it didn't change shit. And she hasn't really been. She is there now, really, to be somebody who Nightwing calls to get shit done off panel. It even happened with that box. Well, I got to figure out what this box is in this crazy pirate group, you know, the hold or whatever. That is another thing that I thought was going to be big to up with. There's so many things that are adding up that we need to. But he's to the legal guardian now, Jim. Get to. Well, and again, does. does and hell she law- dies. That's his problem. Does Hell Law end up working in the deal? Or are they going to find it? It's funny. Like when Blockbuster eventually comes back to life, if he does, then he kind of reverts to the but deal. But we ain't got no more Lazarus. Well, who knows? Who knows what's happening? I actually thought that they were going to be like the mother was going to be down there in hell and they'd make the But Maybe they will. Maybe that'll be the deal. He'll say, listen, I'll make you a bargain. Get these superpowers off. Have her have her mother, Jezebel. Off we go. And then you got that, Eric. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see if anything happens. But I hope it all that. sticks to everything we had set up here because I think it could be really cool for the character overall. Nah, it'd be funny where Nightwing's like, geez, I, I can't stay home and watch this kid. This kid's driving me up a fucking wall. Well, and that's like, what he has he, Like every for. dad. And Barbara's there. She's got Oracle things to do. She's then like, I ain't doing this. I'm telling you, that adds a lot of drama where because, you know, Nightwing is counting on Barbara to do this. When she has her own things to do, it's going to drive a wedge between them to create more drama. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I Again, this is almost so like the it. idea that we talk about the having a job and things like that. But uh, it's funny, too, because I did want to look up maybe what, like, the next solicit says just to see if it even mentions her. But the next issue solicit is the exact one for this one. So that didn't help me out. I mean, word for word. So that didn't help me out, Eric. But, yeah, I'm a seven. We're both seven out of ten. Yeah, so it's fine. It's not offensive. It's what it is, and it's going with it, and it's what the book is, and it's one of those things I've said all along. I, if we, if I keep really 
you know, my score hounding on a thing of, that's never going to change, then it's just going to be nonsense. So I could see where people could have fun with this. Like oh, definitely. And it's just like the next issue that they're doing with The Flash, number 797, written by Jeremy Adams, with art by Serge Acuna, Tom Derenick, Matt Herms, Peter Pantazis, and Dave Sharp. Because in this issue, we're not getting a Wally West story. We're having a cool-down issue from the one-minute war where Wallace West has to go and try to babysit Irie and Jay with Maxine tagging along, and their asses are teleported away by Knives Mahoney, if you all remember him from before. And then they have to deal with a Super Sons adventure out of nowhere, which I'm sure people will love. But for an overall Flash story, for what means something in the long run, is it really that? Like, is it really something that's there overall? Is it just say, let's have some super fun, super kids, like, you know, like, good times? Yeah, it, the funny play of this is the issue itself, it it feels like almost like a greatest hits of some things that we've had. Obviously, Knives, that was the part of the, I like to call the, the Night for Barry Flash, Allen. but you ended up having that. Me and you had fun with him because he keeps getting younger and younger. The Benjamin Buttons. I said, you just wait until he becomes a baby and then you start kicking him around. And we had that fun with Night us. Flash That's the Flash kicked a baby. Yeah, exactly. And I found that that whole deal. I might put it on the at least the Patreon for people to listen to that again. It's kind of funny where you end up giving your uh, speech of why Superman's the greatest because he sure doesn't is. kick babies. But when you get this, it also is a funny play to me that this feels a little bit like some of the issues of where we weren't quite into the Jeremy Adams flash yet. We love the kids, so they're oh, yeah, there. But great. there was that play where we're like, okay, this is... But at this point, now that I'm into the whole, you know, the pacing of it and things like that, also getting Wallace, who we love, I actually did like this. And it has nothing to do with the Super Sons when it comes at the end, which I didn't mind. But I do like seeing... The kids, especially with Maxine there. Well, it's such a weird idea. Where you talk about, like, you know, will it matter with Dick Grayson, like, you know, adopting Olivia? Will it be anything for a status quo going forward? And like this issue, like, I feel like that has more legs than the idea than the Nias Mahoney, who is the adversary of Bat Flash, the Barry Allen from another universe, who has come here and now has an all, like, pretty much a genie in the bottle device to give you anything you ask for. But the idea, though, he is outside of time. He's whisked the super kids to where he is now to have them go up against the greatest villains of the future who they don't know about yet because one day the super kids will grow up and have a team with Maxine, Jay, Irie, maybe even a D.H. Damien and John Kent that's out of time somehow. But when you have Dr. Nightmare, the reverse grod, Mineral Man, Foul Play, and Heat Wave Jr., all these weird, like, evil amalgam versions of people that are in their lives right now where you have, like, you know, Mineral Man is essentially Animal Man, but with minerals. Foul Play is Mr. Terrific, but, you know, opposite. And then a Heat Wave Jr. as well. It's just fun, like, a little play on Icicle Jr., but for Heat Wave, I want to see this, but can this be anything in the future no, that we No, it get? won't. Here's the thing. Jeremy Adams is done a couple issues. This is done, so nobody's going to keep this going on. Like a reverse Grodd. It doesn't have to be Grodd or even the idea of a Grodd who gets tapped into the reverse speed force or the negative speed force later on and for some reason wears an Eobard Thawne costume. I kind of want to see where this goes. I want to see some of this and I, I'm intrigued by it, but it's fun. And like, I why does Middle Man look almost exactly like Buddy Baker? <laughs> that is true. Well, he's got the deal. I think that's kind of supposed to be the, the opposite of it. It's a weird I got you. It's Mineral Man, but like he's almost exactly the same. Yeah. So maybe it's the multi. I mean, they are from the multiverse and all over. Maybe that is a Buddy Baker from that Earth. I don't know. But and Doctor Nightmare yeah. is that just supposed to be like a Doctor Destiny, or is that a character that I'm really thinking about who's know. been in this Flash run that's just escaping? No, me for I don't some think reason. it's been in there. I think that these are all new characters that he's gone and grabbed. Now, in that, it reminds me a lot of Rex 
in the Super no, Sons no, deal. It's totally that. And the funny thing is, when they show up, they mention Rex. They're in the they middle of fighting. Fight so, Rex, yeah. yeah, the time deal is that. And I thought, boy, that's really clever there because that's what I thought of the whole time. And then when they showed up, it made complete sense. So I did like that. But again, this is a cool down. This is just for fun. And I did have some fun. I was intrigued by this team. And I, Knives, me and you got a kick out of the last time. He's just goofy. He's trying to be this big deal. Also, you mentioned foul play. And I think of the Chevy Chase, Goldie Hawn movie. So that got me. And then when you're going, you end up seeing, you know, them team up. And I do like this idea of, you know, Damien, who, oh, man, he's the pain in the ass. But he's not. And John gets his moment to say. And I like this, too, because with Jeremy Adams here, the real play of the feels or the real fan service would be for Damien to really push about a DH John here. Oh my God, look at this young kid, John. He's the best. I hope he never grows. Like he could play that game, but instead it's the reverse of him saying, no, Damien. And we talked about it. It's funny. We talked about pretty much we, we said exactly the, the same thing. Yeah. The exact thing of how much Damien has progressed and how he was raised. And I really like Who are we talking as opposed cool. to? We were talking that and uh, Cass. Cass, Cassandra right, Kane, yes. Cassandra Kane and right. Damien having that background together of both being weapons and assassins. We ended up saying that Damien had it a lot better. She uh, did. He was the Princess Leia of that combo. But yeah, I, I, I had fun. Now, again, by the end, it doesn't really mean much. Well, it's such a weird Coming idea, Coming to an end of the too. run, so I don't mind that we're just going to finish the run. So he wants to have some fun with this. You have Irie, you have Jane, you have Maxine, and thankfully they have their costumes in their backpacks because they just got teleported like to this dimension when they left school and before Wallace can just pick them up and babysit them. When you have this going on, though, throughout this entire thing, because they're going to fight their adversaries of the future here in that cast of characters I just mentioned – and then Damian Wayne and John Kent will show up, the Super Sons proper, from how they were from years ago, right after they got done their fight with Rex Luthor from outer space, or like during even, but like the idea they're still trying to get their way home. They keep talking about how they're from a different universe. Now, is it that just the perception of it because they don't realize they're outside of time with where they are now, or they have been tripping the multiverse fantastic and they don't realize they're outside of time in this own little thing because of this magical doodad that Max Mahoney has? Or is there somewhere out there that this, you know, Super Suns team is doing the exact same thing that our Super Suns team did, and they are actually still this age at that point? And in time. then you could end up continuing the Super Suns book with them in actually, other, in the world. Yeah, but uh, even then, I I don't know if if Jeremy Adams is playing that, but they may not know, and the idea of having it Dark Crisis like may have disconnected it and. And done that deal, but it does. Well, I don't, I don't think that. Dark Crisis really matters in this moment because they are outside of time at this point in time. It's more of a time no, travel slash multiversal situation. Maybe you had that in. weird play of the redone multiverse, and when you got the omniverse or whatever, the, you know, the expanded deal. I don't know, but well, they're definitely with the idea of an infinite Earth, you would still have a Super Suns team that's out there because you have infinite possibilities. Yeah, so they're there, and I, I think that they might just be a little confused about what's going on, and they're kind Which of makes stuck sense. out of time and whatnot. I thought that that was cool, and I love the art for them in this. I mean, it, look, when they come in, again, oh, Damien riding him like a horsey, and, you know, you have that. Robins like to do that, but when they come in, they look fantastic. He is not I mean, riding really him like don't. a horsey. He is urban surfing He actually is urban surfing, which is more <laughs> badass, and I like that, that, you know, he's giving that smirk there, and they're going in. But, yeah, I do like it while they come in and fight and are introduced to these other kids because, really, as a team, this would be a really cool kid. Well, not team only that, but knowing, knowing going forward because of what Knives Mahoney knows about the future with the villains that he's brought along and how we have to kill these super kids before they grow up to become, or at least, you know, 
grow up to become the super kids team that they are. We're going to stop them now. Knowing that there's like eight members on this team outside of Jay, Maxine, and Irie, I'm like, who the else is on this team? And is it, is it ever going to be resolved since Jeremy Adams has gone off this book? I, know. I, I need to. Uh, Do you, you want Olivia that? on the if, team? I'll tell you, a little blockbuster? Yes. Yeah, a little blockbuster. Also, I love the deal Chip that Jeremy Adams block. does. Whether that is good, whether or not you know you're lucking into some lines or whatever, I love that this is that you know somewhat back in the day, Damien who isn't good with teams and says I don't like teams, but yet in the current deal he's had some bad experiences with the Teen Titans. Yeah, he has progressed, and I think that that's really cool. Well, I'm telling you, it's cool that we that we have a writer in here that's actually writing something that's not just. Basic, basic kind of Damien that everybody does when they revert back to stuff like that because he has progressed. He's become such a better character now. And because of where we are in the timeline right now with the Super Sons of what they've done from when that last story took place, this is not Damien. You can do it. It's okay. It's just not, you know, going back to factory settings for no reason whatsoever. So it works out well. If I'm not mistaken, I do believe that Jeremy Adams did that last Super Sons movie. So he knows the Super Sons. Yeah. And and if they end up going, I know that you get Peter J. Tomasi on it all the time, but I don't know. I think that maybe this would be something that Jeremy Adams could do as well, because I really like what you said. This doesn't feel like somebody who's writing the team for the first time and is going to go with the troll. Oh, there's da- Damien's still, you know, a little pain in the ass or whatever. As but he should be at this point. He has John there who keeps, come on, Damien. Like, and, and it's John's a nice little cheerleader. interaction. Yeah. And he even says, you know, he's my hero. He does this and that. So that's a pretty cool deal of that. And I like the team. And I love seeing Maxine where she's using going ape, using oh, yeah, the man. gorilla power and stuff like that. That's I always the Girl. greatest. Oh, yeah. It's so good. So you have all that going on. And yeah, I like when the team kind of comes together. But what I want to know, because Wallace West, he's got to figure out, oh my God, you know, Wally and Linda are out on a date. They asked me to babysit. And immediately before I could even babysit the kids, I had them kidnapped right under my speed force nose. I got to go to Mr. Terrific to ask his ass ass for help because we got to get the signatures of these kids, find out where in the multiverse or just in this universe where they're taken, which, you know, Michael Holt will figure out no problem because Mr. Terrific. But when Wallace shows up to Terrific Tech, Michael's got a little T-sphere portal opened up where it looks like either Cthulhu or the Man-Thing is trying to break through. It looked like the Man-Thing. Well, they're very similar, but when I saw that, I immediately thought Man-Thing just because it's funny. But like, what you doing over there, Michael? I I don't think you should be unsupervised because you're ending the world, possibly. But, you know, we do have Mr. Terrific in this book who gives us an easy out. And yes, it is an easy out. We've bitched about it nonstop this podcast. But it works here for who we already have set yeah, up in I the book and knowing what Mr. Here. Terrific does. And what we've done previously in the series, multiversal as it is, you know, it works. And here's the th- they still struggle more in this than the Titans do in that Nightwing book. But I do like when Wallace Ace goes to uh, Mr. Terrific. Hey, Mr. T, and I swear to God, why can't we once get – I pity the fool – who let those kids get, you know, kidnapped. I'm sure if you go back in time, you'll have it somewhere. I just want it once. That's all I need. If you're going to call him Mr. T, you got to do it and make it so they actually giggle like they know what I'm they're doing. I'm telling you, you do this with characters all the time, though, throughout all that, where you call the Green Lantern a GL or you call Power Girl PG. You always abbreviate you things where it is Mr. T, T all the time. Though, you gotta, at one point, somebody's got to make the joke and it'll make me giggle so much. But yeah, overall, I, I did like it. I would think that one of the team members would be Gold Beetle because she had been mentioning. I don't know the time frame of what they ended up like. Is that when they're adults or is that when they're still kids? The idea that she 
kept mentioning things about being on teams with them as well. So I, I don't know who else, but if Little Blockbuster was on it, I'm all in. Then get, uh, what's it called? Uh, Deadshot's daughter. We're in. We are in. Live shot? Yeah, live shot. Oh, my God. Now we're getting a team together, Eric. Uh, do you think that live shot, would would this make you laugh? Live shots on shot? the team, right? Live the live shot and dog shot. And the big play is that now Cobra has kidnapped Deadshot. So instead of Cobra always kidnapping dead Deadshot's daughter, they ended up kidnapping him. Well, he'll be back soon. We'll, we'll have him you back. Sure I'm about just that? saying they'll hold no back and forth. Yeah, you say that they'll they'll be ending up, and also I think we do. I think that we have the resin. What book was it that they said that we they had, had the resin? We had the serum in the um. Back no, I'm book. saying that recently we just had that one book, and like, hey, oh, it was the well, Doom Patrol. It was the Doom Patrol, and they just said resin, but we don't know what kind of resin. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think it was tree sap. <laughs> I think you're a sap. Uh but yeah, by the end, like you said, it's but th- that's what this it, it's not it, here's the difference. When you go down to hell with a contract with Neuron and all, that's more it should be more serious. It should be something that really is a big deal because you're doing stuff. When you do this, this is just a Super Sons askew adventure. It's fun, it's all ages and, and it's, it's a cool down book works. after yeah, you know the I, one minute. I do war. like it. Yeah, so what would you give it? Well, that's the thing is, too, by the end of this, when we do, like, you know, send all the people away because the way that we overcome our villain is that he has the uh, the magical doodad. When you, anything you ask for, it will give you. And then our super, like, you know, our super twins there. I don't want to say super twins because we have that in the other book. But Jay and I are using, you know, their annoying situation of also using the speed force, but they're constantly just asking for things. <laughs> I like that because it's a kid's solution. It really exactly. is. It's fine. And eventually we just send everybody away to where the pr- the closest prison they need to. So we defeat the day and everybody is sent back then, leaving the magical doodad in this little space between spaces, this dimension that we're in. And the weirdest part that this might be cool setting up for a new story is that granny goodness is just there with this, this magical doodad that can give you anything, this wishing machine essentially. So granny goodness is there. So, you got a little apocalyptic things going on, which is always fun. I just want to know why Granny Goodness would just be there out of nowhere. It's just, look, I like the idea because we could do some fun female fury stuff, some other fun apocalyptic stuff. But Granny Goodness is being there. Look what I found. Look this. this looks good. It looks like, a like the odd. poison apple deal. Yeah. Uh, I did like that knives. He didn't quite know the rules. He's like, I'm getting the hell out. Oh, no, I can't take it. Get it back. And then it falls and she gets it. Uh, one thing, though, I just remembered. When you had the people, this would never have happened, but for some reason, I got this weird idea that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we were going to get all the kids from the Lost Children, the Stargirl, they were going to be the ones oh, that shit, were in the Raptors, and I was like, oh, that'd be awesome, but it would saying somebody, somebody, one of those kids, they could be one of the super kids, depending on where they are, oh, their I future takes them at the end of that Salem, Stargirl series. you're saying you're right. Uh, Salem, you maybe, right. maybe the whiz kid. I don't know. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. I, and Brave I voice? Like, well, you have this here, this setup. I, I'm glad that the full setup originally of this is the team. You're not just going to get, well, we'll have who's the speedster and who's the – it looks like it'd be, uh, you know, a wacky team. I hope we do see it. I have a feeling at some point they're going to see into the future to see this team of some and sort. And though, I would love to see that, but we're getting down to the wire of where this series is going to be over Jeremy Adams until we get to the idea of cosmic horror with Wally West, which doesn't sound like it's going to have a lot of fun times with Jay and Irie West. Maybe it's a, maybe we can get a six issue mini that spin offs of this. I don't know, but it just seems like 
we don't have a lot of time left for what we're doing here, especially now that Granny Goodness has the eternity mind and can wish for anything she wants. Yeah, from what I heard about that Cy Spurrier, you're not getting any of the family. It's just that that's the whole thing that DC said, that they oh, don't like that direction. We just get Wally. It's just the best direction. Whatever. And, you know, you know, in space, and we saw Cy Spurrier's great with that. He's not going to go crazy if he's... Oh, it's going to suck so bad. I'm not looking for, but maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. It's just going to be that backup that we had in Superboy this week, and it's just going to be that, but with Wally West, and it's going to be so annoying and fucking pain in the ass to read. And people want to hear us lose our minds, you can go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. We did not like that, but... We're going to move on to the you last. Do you have any scores yet? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. What What is your score? Ultimately, well, I do think that this book is inconsequential because of like the idea that we don't have a lot it of time left. Matter. And everything that I want to see here, I probably will never see again, which really saddens me. Did have some fun here. Like Eric Shea can have some fun sometimes. There's not a lot. Th- like, you know, that feels like it matters ultimately. But it's a cool down issue. I can have some fun here with Jay and Irie, Maxine. Matter. The Super Sons, even Wallace West coming in to do a little rescue, but even though he's the one being rescued by the end by the Super Kids, it's great. The reverse like versions, like the the enemies of the future that our kids will have, it's a fun little concept because while it is, you know, not anything that's overly original because it is just things you kind of know with slightly tweaked names, even the looks of them, this slightly tweaked. It's fun and it really is reminiscent of if anybody's a fan of the Super Sons that we had previously, it really does feel like that. So I'm still going to give it a seven out of ten. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a 7.5. I think I like it a little bit more than Nightwing. It has the same kind of feel. It really does, but it's more based on that This fun is way more deal. fun. Yeah, it's a lot more fun, and that's why I think my score was elevated a little bit. And again, some of the things that I was upset about with Nightwing is it should have had more oomph. It, it had, you had a lot of things that could have really been uh, a darker bit story, but also a little more things with what you were going with. This is, once you have Super Sons and all that, it was just for fun. I think that it accomplished that. Mission accomplished, Eric. But we're going to move on to the next book. You'll tell me if Mission Accomplished here. The last It is book. the finale. Oh, not the last book. We have another section. Yeah, we have, we have a section still, Eric. Wink, wink. Maybe, right? We do. Uh, maybe. Deceased War of the Undead Gods, number eight, written by Tom Taylor, art by Trevor Harrison, Lucas Mayer. Landy Lanning, Rain Barreto, and Seda Temafonte. So we're going to end the whole deceased War of the Undead Gods and possibly end deceased as a whole. And I think that that is the case. Now, I don't want somebody to yell we at us won. 10 years from now if we, we end won, up getting Jim. it. But yeah, we, we did. So we, we lasted. We've been through the shit. Here we are. I know a lot of people like this series more than us. I just at this point. I'm just kind of done with it. I just, I want to see how it ends, right? And I'm like, yeah. So you end up having this and I just, you end up last issue where pretty much it looked like you had dark sides, like screw this. I'm going to go get that MF -er." and then we kind of pulled back, but we also end up having what I was afraid of. We have a lot of, and it's, it's a weird play. Maybe it's decent enough. You're having epilogues while you still haven't finished the series, but that's okay because there's well, so the many characters, is, I guess. But it feels you, like you don't have any sort of stakes because we're already having narration about how they won. But Well, the thing is, we, we, we ended like the last issue with the idea. Now we're going to take it to Erebus. This motherfucker's not going to know what hit him because now we have Darkseid on our team. We have all of these things. We're taking the fight to the source itself. And you get into this issue. And it takes pretty much the entire issue to get to the actual fight because now it's going to take some time to bury things, talk to people about how we feel, like the idea going off the mission, we might not come back. And you, you want to have these things, but it really felt like it put a, a bit of a pause on the momentum that the like the finale to last issue had. So we get, you know, hey, I'm the Black Racer. I'm just showing up the funeral because 
I'm death. I do death stuff. I've been around. So I, I might want to help you out too because, you know, Damian Wayne, you got some questions about the anti-life. You know, you got some questions about the life equation. Let me tell you how to resolve all this. Thankfully, I showed up, right? Thank you, Black Racer. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Black Racer. And when you're going, if you've been reading it, I would think that if you're reading the final, yeah, have you realized that Alfred this is Black Racer looks badass, though. Yeah, he does. And a couple of things. And I just, I don't understand why this progression. Why didn't you just go right to Erebus, take care of that? Because all the stuff that you do then, besides the setup of Damien and what's going to happen, I'm talking about like, Go off and see Jacob. Oh, mommy, I thought you were dead. I was like, that could be at the end. I mean, let's get to it. Let's and get to did the Did it do the anything the for you deal. for the first few pages of this whole thing where it's like, no, it all didn't. right, Scott Free and Bart are reunited with their son. All right, let's move on. You know what the, the weird play is, too, is I know how Tom Taylor was playing this, but by the time Damien's going to sacrifice himself, I didn't get, I got some feelings with him and John. Only because, but then it starts to go. I swear to God, he's trying to dig into my feelings with the "you were the greatest." It really felt like when Damien died that last time I don't when know. he was I, there with Dick Grayson. But I, I didn't care that much because he's already died and then came Cassie back. Sands, Mark Wonder Woman, Damien Wayne, Batman, and John Kent Superman. This trio of this universe being this this bonded pact. I love them together. I love everything they talk about each other, and I think they are the strength of this book. But I, I wanted more of it, honestly. Well, because that's when the you problem have, is I don't think we had a lot going into this. You did have some, but it never was. It never really hit with me that I'm like, man, they're so great. Like when you have the war room meeting that we have to be interrupted because Guy Gardner's got to talk shit on Dark Side and he gets knocked on his ass. Like that's all me. I should have talked shit on Dark Side. I'm like, yeah. Why do we need this part right now? And Guy would never say that was such a weird moment to just get Guy to, and then. You don't even feel like Guy when he's like, oh, man, that's my fault. My bad, people. And that didn't feel right. Like the idea of Cassie Sandsmark and Damian Wayne being a couple that love each other in this universe, all grown up because we are in the future here from where we are presently in our current continuity. She has made him a better man. She has made him a better Batman. He is the Batman that everybody wants him to be and all he wanted to be. He is willing to have the sacrifice that Batman would always do for his universe and it works for me. This is the strength of the book. And I think that Tom Taylor does this part well. I didn't really care. I didn't really care because the Batman, it's only been because, you know, in this. So I, the progression, we've just had random scenes. Everything is always, let's fight, fight, fight. Oh, my God. This stuff. I never really got anything but, you know, just, oh, they're fighting this. I never really got a connection to these characters, especially Damien. He ended up dying already, and then they joke about it. But I never really connected to Damien in this, especially yeah, like when, uh, when Oliver. Yeah, I'm saying. But before that, what was he doing? It was just all of a sudden, oh, he's Batman now. We got to fight, fight, fight. We never really did that much with the characters, which was my complaint this whole time. Tom Taylor has not done a lot of character work in this. And then we get to this point where he's going for the feels. And, yeah, I'm sure some people will be more into it. But I felt just nothing. Nothing, a blank slate, and just wanted to get out of there. I really haven't enjoyed this at all, and this didn't change my mind one bit because we're just waiting and waiting. Let's get to the stupid Arab. This Arabus has been mentioned over and over and over just to get there, cut him open, make a vagina there to go into. Lobo's in there. The just whole, a, a slash, whatever. That's what it looked like. But even that Lobo, like you said about Guy Gardner, Lobo's just sitting there. Where am I going to do my thing? I'll go into crack. I'm like, yeah. We have our plan. We're going to have Ares and we're going to have um, – who else is it that goes and has to keep um, 
Is it Dark Side and Ares? Okay, yeah. They got to keep Erebus busy while we have our. No, I'm sorry. It's Black Racer and Ares. They're going to keep Erebus busy while the other characters create a slash big enough so we can fly War World into inside of Erebus, where then Damian Wayne will make the ultimate sacrifice to unleash the life equation inside the anti life equation, which will create an entire new galaxy because it's pretty much anti matter and matter for like hitting each other, causing an explosion, giving our heroes only a few minutes left. It's honestly. It's honestly a lot like we have with the Picard series finale that we just had this past week. It felt very similar in that era. But obviously, there's nothing because you wouldn't not, either one wouldn't have known about the other at that point in time. But it felt very similar for the aspect of that. And I was worried in that, that oh my god, who's going to die because this is the finale to everything? But when we have the idea of Damien sacrificing himself, it works out for me, even though he's letting people like John and Cassie down because of how much they love him, but they understand what he has to do. The thing that really bothers me though is just like the little. Things that we need to do to move the story along that don't really feel like they're needed. Like, we have to open up a doom tube, a specific anti-life boom tube that we've had throughout this run that all of our anti-life virus monsters have gone through. But we we can't go through a doom tube for life. Well, you know what we're going to do then? Since Cyborg has, you know, interacted with Brainiac, and now he's a Brainiac Cyborg super being, we're going to hook all of our soldiers up to these devices that are individual so it's going to give you enough of a shock to kill you for a minute and shock you back up. So get us through the doom. Did it remind you of the- Forever Evil with the, with uh, Nightwing, where they had to have him die? And oh so yeah, I forgot about that. that. Yeah. No, I didn't. Like, I didn't think about that's that. But that's what it reminded me of right away. But it's just the idea, like ma- like the idea, maybe of writing yourself into a, a corner with the yeah. doom tubes, where you have to have these weird scenes where everybody has to be you killed. Have to be in limbo, back, like, though, but, it, yeah. but it means nothing ultimately to the story. It, it's just like a little weird. It is, side well, bit. again, the the funny play is I was going to say that as well and even some of the other things in here with the anti-life and the life and the the idea that i kind of bitched and moaned at the beginning of the world's finest earlier of explaining something that you don't need it's like the idea like then you're there and then i'm thinking like okay i don't really know the spirituality or the science of this but once you get back and you're in limbo can you still be alive they like everything kind of got wacky with me but like i said and i i'm not saying that i think everybody should hate this it's just that by the end i was afraid of what happened i did not have many feels and i do get feels there's times where a damien wayne has died and i cried there is something coming up in the next couple weeks that i read and cried twice i do get feelings and for some reason whether it's just because of how this was paced or how this has ended or that i didn't really get connected to these now i'm connected to Damien, John, because of what I brought in, I don't think in this book, though, it's elevated that I don't get this like, oh, man, they made me. This is why I said a lot of times Tom Taylor, what he does for me is say I like the creeper. Then I realize, holy shit, you did it like I or even like having the member what we really liked was Jason Todd and uh, Ravager Rose and the unkillables. Yeah. And the idea like like the idea of. She saw him die ahead of time. Like that sort of shit got me because then it was clever and really, really heartfelt moments in this. By the end, I'm like, okay, well, he's just going to say it almost gets to the point where I'm like, well, this is Elseworlds anyway and whatever as he goes off to do this. And I don't really even get exactly what they're doing full out, like life, anti-life. Yeah, but it's well, just like a matter and anti-matter. I'm saying it's just the concept of that. That's not going to get me like, holy shit, this is awesome. Just seems like, okay, I have to figure out how to do this and boom. 
Because Damian Wayne has figured out the idea since we have the anti-life going on there, still inside, deep inside Cyborg, who created this virus himself, is the answer to the life equation, which he then like hacks out of Cyborg to make sure that he has himself and asks the Black Racer, will this work? And the Black Racer tells him, yes, this will work. So when you have this situation, I would have liked to have done something a little bit differently so we didn't have to have the time to explain why people can get to this purgatory world using a doom tube where you can't be alive, where, where we hack something within Cyborg without him even knowing it with the life equation to make a womb, a womb tube or something like that. So people can go through there because we're just kind of just using the life equation against the anti-life. A womb which, tube. I was just trying like to think of something like that. It comes you out know, just like you, that hole. Uh, sure, you can have that, but... You're flying Warlord inside of Erebus, and Damian Wayne is going to unleash the life equation, which he's solved right now. And it's going to be a great moment in my mind where everybody realizes what he's doing, the sacrifice. You've got to get out of here. But when you have Spectre, who is Alfred there, Alfred Pennyworth, and this is the last son that he has left, and he's going to like teleport John Kent in there for the last minute he has left to sit there and talk to his best friend. Love these moments, and especially when Spectre then leaves. To me, it was Captain Kirk and Spock. It just which is a great moment as well. Yeah, but I just it just didn't feel right. For I love the idea though that Superman, who's already sent in one deal, sent John away to be aged up. Like he'll send him off with anybody. What you're going to say? Okay, Spectre, you go and do it. You trust them. But even when we have the situation resolved by Damian Wayne sacrificing himself to stop Erebus from the pretty much deep inside of him creating a whole new universe on this whole like outside of you know our universe situation and then specter because this was his last son that he had left alfred pennyworth he goes and visits the universe that his son created to save our universe like all of these i thought had some really great feels to them and i yeah, love I this no by feels. the end i felt dead inside for this i did not care one bit i thought it was all forced you went seven issues and did shit and then at the end you're just throwing shit out there oh man uh, anti-matter and matter okay well that works because the black racer said it would and off we go and i just didn't care i really didn't care by the end i did like the stars that look like a bat i'm like okay now you're really getting cheesy but yeah I, I, thought that, I thought this was real uh, a real big disappointment i thought that it was this whole time i think that this whole war of the undead gods it didn't need to happen. And I think that it was forced because it was a seller and they asked him to do another. I just, well, the it, big play, we wanted to get to Superman degree, back. And then did that really, but that didn't really mean anything. We, we had a had lot of things that were left open from the original series that we needed to have finalized. I don't know that I needed it finalized by the end of this. And then all of a sudden it's just Erebus, Erebus, Erebus. And then you get a whisper down the lane with the black racer to end it. And I had no feels because I really didn't have connections to them. Maybe it'll read better as a trade. But me personally, didn't care. Really didn't care by the end and just wanted to get it done. Uh, but what would you give it? Ultimately, I don't think the art's the strongest here, but it still worked for me for how I felt about the book overall. Some of the stuff, like I said, like Black Racer just showing up to be the thing that like just tells Damon what he needs to do. Even Guy Gardner taking on Darkseid for no reason except to have a little jokey moment. During like the, the war room moment that you need to have everybody pay attention, didn't need that. And even the explanation of how everybody's going to get to Purgatory through a Doom Tube. It just felt like filler to the actual overall story, which did bring me down a bit. But I think by the end, it all worked out for me to have a good time for the ending of this book where I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 5.5. I didn't like the art as much, and really, I didn't care. Like I said, I got no feels at the end. Just sat there. I'm like, all right. Even when they're like, can John go and talk to him at the last second? I don't know. Well, Spectre, Alfred will make sure he's out right before. I'm like, really? My, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, this is nonsense. But... I know a lot of other people. There's a bunch of tens, but there's a bunch of fives. Just that as well, Damian so. Wayne is not going to die alone, and Alfred made sure that he was there with him and yeah, John. Alfred would have been fine. I don't know that the, the John bit just seemed tacked on. I wish it was Alfred who just went and said, "You know what? 
you're my last son, but I, I am proud of you. I think your dad will be proud. Tell him I said hi. I'm going to get killed soon, but I'm the specter. I don't know. It just it just seemed hokey when John was there. With There's his, nowhere else I would be at the moment but besides you. That's what Alfred says to his son. Yeah, I his think last that would have been better, but then John's there. Yeah. Hey, goofy John. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. John I just, sat down I just had like, you know nothing. What? You were a great Batman. Yeah, again, it, was, it, it really reminded me of he was trying to grab onto the Damien talking to Nightwing when he was going off to die. It just didn't work for me here. I didn't have a, And usually, like I said, I would get emotions and I would come on here and say, oh, my God, I didn't realize. I was afraid I wouldn't, but, boy, I got him. I ended up reading I'm like, all right, move on to the next Damien book. I lost, really didn't I mean, care. Damien, Alfred lost his last son in his narration. I lost my last son. Right right now, like I have in the last month brought up, and just now it brought up the idea of when Damien died and said to Nightwing, hey, by the way, we were the best, goes and dies. That sticks with There's a lot of things like that that will stick with me. I won't even remember this book by the end of the spookiest months of the year, July and August. I will have completely forgotten about it, I think, because it just didn't mean much, and we didn't like Deceased as much as others. So, again, that does happen. People love that. I like that killable. People love that deadly duo. I love that thing. Like it's, you know, their firstborn child, but don't sell your soul, but then come in later and write a contract that you own. I don't know, Eric, but that is it. That is it for this section. But like you said, we may have more. We do. We have two more books, not great, but we had some fun with them. We end up, we'll be talking about Batgirls. There's a sniper going around the hills, Eric. Oh, my God, the oh, hills yeah. sniper. Woo-wee. And then we also have Catwoman to end things. So we'll go off, little break, go to that, and then that will be it. Say the cute. think that's sexy. I think that's weird. Because we're talking about toys, don't call them dolls. They're action figures. I only play with stuff that's meant for boys. We're talking boys' toys. They ain't no girls' toys. Those are boys' toys, Eric, and I never thought that I'd get to use that boys song. Toys. I don't believe that I was going to get to use the song until... You had a little discussion later on in the second book with the punchline of the Catwoman's talking a little bit about the boys' toys. So we'll get to that uh, second. And, Jesus. Uh, she meant knives, but still, it's okay. It's okay, Eric. I know that you're a fan of knives chow, so Who's I figured that we'd get chow? I do like knives chow. Uh, I, I've ran into a lot of people that are really not fans of that movie recently. And I, I don't get it. I thought it was. What do you mean fun. you ran into them? You mean I inside your house? Them. No, I had an accident. I hit them. I back ended them in the parking lot. Look, I don't have insurance, but how do you feel about Scott Pilgrim? And then they're like, I hate that movie so much. I'm like, listen. And then I backed up into it again. I, it's not my favorite movie, but I think that it has, you know, some fun. fun parts. It is fun. It has a lot of crazy actors. Love the and soundtrack. Out, yeah, it is really good. So they're going to do like a new thing, like an auto cartoon or something, but they got all of the. Uh, voice actors, all of the actors back to do all their voices. So that's pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. Cool. There. Cool way to put your pants on. And here we are. We have two books. Voice toys. To end this podcast. I thought that you would actually giggle because I thought you would have thought that while that it was mentioned. They ended up saying boys toys. So I said to you even before with a little hint. 
should I play this at the beginning or the later? Or I'm like, what do you I mean the later? I was going to play it once they end up saying it, but now you blew it. Now, now I wish I would have waited. By the You're way, welcome. Games. Why don't you know what I'm thinking, guy? Welcome to this last year. I'm, I want to hit like another song now and we'll just <laughs> reset this all. But here we are. We have two books, one better than the other, as I like to say. Oh, yeah? And it is. Well, it's Batgirls and Catwoman, and if you aren't on the Patreon, first off, why not? I mean, you know what I'm saying, Eric? All the kids down at the rec center are talking about it. And so with that, at the end, we were talking about whether or not we would do a, thank God it's Friday, a Friday night podcast, or if we would record tonight, because we're recording this on Friday, a little behind the scenes, and just put it on the podcast. So we were figuring out what books we're going to do, and like, oh, yeah, we're going to do Batgirls and Catwoman. I don't know that that's strong enough to, to make it. Everyone's going to want to download like that. Nobody's going to do anything with that. So here we it's are. Main event. Hopefully, there at the main event. What's that? Eric? Yeah. See that that works there too. It right? Doesn't <laughs> I think it does? And really, all this ended up being was you needed to do two books tonight. Record quick because you wanted to watch that new. Evil Dead, Evil Dead movie, Rise, yeah, and uh, you were given misinformation from a morning team from from our Allentown or ra- no, no, Philadelphia. Our morning show from Philadelphia, Preston Steve. Yesterday morning on my way to work, they're like, "Oh yeah, tomorrow Evil Dead Rise comes out on theaters and on HBO Max." I'm like, "Holy shit! I had no idea it came out on HBO Max. I know exactly what I'm doing Friday night." Jim and the rest of the people who listen to this, they go fuck themselves because I'm watching the new Evil Dead movie, and now we're stuck with shit books. Now we would have been. What are not, you doing way. to me? I know. And and really, I don't want to spoil things, but these are shitty books, Eric. They're really bad. One better than and, next. Oh, my God. But one ends up just being like a nothing. And the other one seems like an after school special that after school specials would laugh at. I don't get it. I don't get what's going on, except that I see the creative teams involved. So then I kind of do good. get with it. Uh, you end up having the Batgirls book, which we'll start with. That's going to be ending. That's ending in June. Thank God, it, really, me and you, and I want to point out, you me and you love, book. we love Stephanie Brown, we love Cassandra Cain, we love Barbara Gordon, we love the characters in it. We've kind of gotten a little affinity to, like, Grace O'Halloran, or whatever the fuck her name is, and all of this going down, I, the book still sucks. <laughs> it's so bad, and it's a shame that they didn't have better writers, because these characters and their fans deserve better than this, and I just, I, I, I'll get with eric i'm telling you it's just i want to bring <laughs> trying to get a positive spin as we go in like there's it's not something working. that you can go with i did laugh at one point when we get into this that grace says that she's going to keep her eyes open i'm like you just missed out on the joke right there that girl's number 17 then boys choice mentioned in the cat one that Batgirl's 17, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Connor. Is it there? Is, is it? Yes. Art by Robbie Rodriguez, Rico Renzi, and Becca Carey. I, well, actually, I was just going to say, I don't think anybody on this whole creative team blocked us, but I'm wrong. Michael Conrad did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I did mention that also on the Patreon, if you're not on that, I don't know why, Art, but yeah, they ended up, Michael Conrad ended up sending a note to Gabe and thanking him for at least sticking it out. I think he like realized how much of a torture it was for Gabe to go through both the Wonder Woman and the Batgirls book each and every month. And he didn't give scores, a shit about you doing it. Well, no, he he doesn't like me. Me and you like the characters in this book. This is nothing about us not liking the characters, not liking anything about it, except that it's just not a good book. It really isn't. There you go, Eric. What you covered your ass. You did it. What an intro for this. Did I? Am I going to get canceled now? Yes, but I not hope for this. Not. 
Okay, that is true. Well, I'll join you in the canceled land. Is that your thing? He can't cancel me if I don't play. It's right next to like Dinosaur Island and Gem World. This issue, you have a lot of weird things going on. It's going to be the The push to the end of their run. You're going to have the Jubilee, but things happen and are said in this book that are so unnaturally presented in my mind. They do feel like, uh, you know, hey, uh, when you get your cue, you come on stage now and you say your lines. It feels to me like an after-school special at points where things are just like, you know, really, instead of dialogue, you're getting a lot of statements. Instead of naturally going back and forth, well, you with had each this other. weird situation with everything that's going on in America right now, with all the gun violence and everything. Where, like, a lot of times, writers will like to go like straight from the headlines. They're going to get topical with whatever their issue is going to be, and with all the gun violence that's going on in America, it feels like this is one of those. And everywhere else, we usually want to have a hard edge to it. Like this is like you know a dark storyline that we're going to deal with. It's dealing with gun violence, and this one, it's like, all right, we're going to hit them hard. You know what you should do? Not get, not sell guns to people, but feed the homeless and keep yeah, guns oh my for the God. poor and needy. Guns aren't the answer. I'm like, oh, I really, really strive for the days of Batman 44, where Scott Snyder really tried to be topical with his gun. But and even Priest with that Priest, like that priest is in what Philly I remember. Yes. that we had in that one issue of Deathstroke, and that was heavy handed. But I will pine for the days of those heavy-handed deals when it comes to the after-school special aspect of superheroes. And here is the idea of this. Yeah, and I thought of the Priest one even more than the Batman 44. But when you usually have this kind of issue, even the Priest, what you'll do is you'll you'll show, you know, show us why guns are bad. And not everybody's going to, yeah. you know, believe in this. So you're going to divide people anyway, but I'm saying what they're trying to do. Me personally... They scared the shit out of me because I know that I'm such a master of disaster that I like that lightsabers. None of that, Eric. I can't have it around. (laughs) Blasters at my side. It's not good for me. I will be like Plexigo Burris and blow my leg off. You're going to be Han who shot first, but only by accident. Yeah, my foot is what (laughs) will happen. I'll miss a toe. So you end up where, yeah, you have that. And again, some people will agree, some people won't. But this ends up where. They, they try to go a step further, and I think that what you usually have is a little bit that show, you know, in this universe, which is kind of silly. We're in the comics universe, but show, you know, why guns are bad. Be a little more subtle about it. Maybe oh, hit the reading fields, fucking right? Batman. Come, this is a Batman-related book. We are driven by gun violence nonstop with anybody who wears a bat cow. This is not new territory, and you don't have to do this. And where they try to go a different angle, and it's more of the Marjorie Taylor Greene stuff and all the, you know, the one side versus the other. The idea right now, school shootings, all that going on, one side wants to ban guns. The others say if you ban guns, then there'll be more violence, and that's kind of the deal. And this is where you have that gang who is such a weird play in this where they come in, and they're they're not really trying to do anything bad. But they still, because of where Conrad and Clunrad stand, they have to still feel like pieces of shit, even though they are, in their mind, helping. Hey, Grace has been targeted. She wants a gun. Here's a gun. We need to arm everybody to their teeth to take care of the guns. No, no, no. Guns begot violence begot guns violence. And then you end up where it goes too far, where Steph is there. Holy moly, will you go, just imagine if this is a real gang, and I mean, just the scene of me and you walking in, and we're like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Oh, you guys should be get, setting up a soup kitchen, man. I'm like, really? 
Like, you're really, right. this is what you're doing. And this ends up because of Toys what they're trying to tots. do. They're trying to go a little more. And some of those gangs do that sort of thing, you know? But sure do. They end up where they're trying to, I think they're trying to get deeper with it, but it, it somehow makes it more surface level. Not doing because it it's just writing. goofy. It's just goofy. Well, and even then, it starts out where they're even going to rail in on gentrification. You get a mention of Burnside. And then, just to make it so in your face, and this is what they do. They are desperately trying to grab anybody to like their book. This book is canceled, but their last-ditch effort, Hail Mary, and they would think, which I think actually they're right on a bit, the Burnside crew would be the only people who may like a little of this. So you get these weird sh- – we've had this, but this is such a weird shout out. It's like, hey, Grace O'Holloran, I love your podcast. Hey there, it's me, Grace, with what looks like a after-the-fact eye patch put on. And why do you like, you know, the hills? Why do you like this whole deal? Well, I like it because of that bubble tea cafe, Alicia. Damn, Alicia, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, We're name-dropping Batgirl so, characters. It's so, but this is what they do. This is why I think they fail miserably. First off, they never quite, this book, M. Wonder Woman. They never quite get their characters, you know, fully. They try. I, I don't think they mean any bad intent. You know, they're not harmful. They're just trying. All they do is try desperately to shout out to things. They end up in the Wonder Woman book. You're just going to have Silver Age, Golden Age characters just pop in and then leave just to say, hey, look, we know the history of, of the character in the book. In this, you're getting an Alicia shout out to, hey, look at us. We know Burnside. Who cares? They're just trying desperately to get people to think that they know what's going on from the books in the past but even that what happens when these two start talking to each other it looks like like all of a sudden they're really upset <laughs> well even the idea for the way that it's like per, like the art is portraying this idea of a podcast interview at the aparo park yeah, Jubilee, where all the food truck vendors are out there gonna have live music doing all this stuff it is weird to film this whole thing like you have a film guy for a podcast Look, she's branching out. She's doing many things. The podcast is just the main focus, but you have a lot of stuff going. And maybe it's one of them their cameras. We're just with a broken lens. We're just getting audio, baby. It's all we got. Yeah, baby. Even though we see a record on the screen, but that's fine. It's, it's all bullshit. Just imagine where all of a sudden you are being interviewed by the the greatest podcaster in your neighborhood, like yeah. a Jim Warner here. And all of a sudden, you just, Steve, you're, you're talking about how you enjoy a, a restaurant, and then it's like. I always heard the hill was rough. I feel like that's changing pretty fast. But not talking to the person in there, you turn to your person you're with, and all of a sudden you start having a conversation about your feelings to the person who would know this. So we feel safe here. I just hope it doesn't lose its character. But you're not talking to Grace O'Howard. You're talking to your girlfriend at this point in time. They like, look scared. Are you auditioning at this point in time for some kind of lead? Because you're really trying to put the emotion in your the person you're playing along with, but just not being... The interviewee that you're supposed to be in the scene. They're trying to get in the hills. Got the hills talent. have ears, not eyes. We don't need to fucking see you acting like this. Yeah, they look at each other and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we just moved here, but we're really scared of it changing." And then you end up where Grace throws shade at them, says, "You're the assholes who're making goddamn new people moving in this neighborhood, gentrifying the whole shebang." Yeah. So then she's like, "Oh my god!" And yeah, and even then. I always heard the hill was rough, but it's changing. It's pretty good. Oh, I hope it doesn't lose its character. Grace gets mad, and then the girl goes, I didn't mean it's a bad place. No, nobody said Stop. And so it's kind of a bad place. We had a serial killer two weeks well, ago. Well, I'm saying she's saying it's not, but yes, it was. And then she has to tie it into, 
Hey, everybody, you know, the GCPD bunch of, you know, layabout lazy asses. The reason why we end up uh, being a little more safe is because the Batgirls, as the camera turns to the Batgirls, they're there at the festival. They're there with Kyle. Maps is not there, unfortunately. And, you know, you end up having this down. But even the dialogue in this, and I've had a problem, and I think you have as well with cast throughout this series, where you go into this and suddenly she just goes on and on. <laughs> At points you get, but some of the phrasings and stuff just doesn't feel right for her. Hopefully she like you know continues on the progression of because having not talking cast at this point in time still feels silly to me. I'm talking about the Sapporo Park Jubilee interview and stuff like that. Not even the interview aspect of it, but just the scene in general. I still think is the best part of the book because even when you have this going on where it's Grace O'Hara and just you know, hey everybody, remember me? I'm part of the story. This is my neighborhood. For some reason, people care about a neighborhood in Gotham City with all these boroughs going on, which they turn Burnside into a borough. But people from Burnside care about a single neighborhood for some reason. Whatever. But the thing is, you have the Batgirls out of costume, out of character, just laying back and relaxing. And you have this really cool idea of them just having fun, cutting loose, and even dancing. And even the dancing that we have with the live music, it almost has this Batman Beyond intro feel with that cool, like, kind of hit dancing, kind of like, you know, like a panel to panel scene that they have going on there. And so everything is thrown asunder when we realize, holy shit, there's a sniper shooting, which took me the longest time to figure out what's going on because a sniper apparently just shot a guest tank on a car that blew up the car and i thought that was the main problem but no it's a sniper i'm like hell of a shot hell of a shot because why would you show a sniper with a car exploding <laughs> that's it expect me to understand i i actually got on kai if, if i was there if i was kyle and then the back girls start dancing i'd be very uncomfortable <laughs> i don't like watching that's because you're tweeting but yeah you end up where even so some of the force deals you get the force you know callbacks and shout outs but then you have out of nowhere Man, that Grace looks good since she stopped drinking. Just so later we think she might get to get back to the drinking. I, it, it's so forced in this. But yeah, there's a sniper. They end up, everybody's running. And there's weird, there's parts in, the, in this that the dialogue seems like switched between characters as well. It's very odd, the progression, because you have Cass and Steph. They try to, you know, grab everybody. They jump into action. Hey, everybody, the get down, store, everybody. go to the bookstore. They go the one place that we know of yeah. in the whole hill. So they're going to go into there. Everything is just forced to be the next thing that they never developed anything. And then Grace comes in and her, her cameraman, Rocky, he's out. He, I lost track of him. I couldn't keep my eyes on him. Made me giggle. I'm telling you, I put this book down and I laughed out loud. Like, Don't worry, Mr. Howard. He probably got separated in the cast. I shouldn't have taken my eyes off him. Like, why, why'd you say eyes? Really? <laughs> do, do you need Kyle to drop eyes. your ass and to start laughing at you? I know. I laughed so much. But yeah, you end up where, okay, Steph and Cass, they're going to go out. Nobody, it's weird that nobody's going to bat an eye that these two girls. Still makes, makes more sense than Selena Kyle and Catwoman and the Catwoman book coming well, out. I'm not saying that this is worse. <laughs> I'm saying, though, that all these people are like, Oh, you two young girls? Yeah, go out the back door. That'll give you more cover. They just go and change into their Batgirl uniforms. So they're going to go out. They find Rocky, who's in big trouble. And at points, looks like CPR is being given. And he's going to die. And Cass goes off to find the shooter as the shooter keeps going. Too late. Sniper. And yeah, too late. The, the shooter is gone. But it looks like Rocky, he is close to death. He's in critical yeah. condition. They come and take him. And then you have Renee Montoya show up. Oh, you know, these Batgirls. Thank you, Batgirls. Sick of them getting here first. But you know but what? You Thank you. <laughs> All right. And yeah, they have a, a nice bit of a conversation there. Hey, Batgirl went after them, but I lost visual. Found room they shot from. 
And did you get him? Tell Commissioner Montoya next time. And I'm like, do I? I'm not telling her that because that's kind of a fucking dick move just to say, hey, you're not going to do your job, but we'll get him next time. We'll wait for more violence to do what we're needed to do. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, wait till he kills somebody else. Next time on Batgirls. It's shade get being thrown at Renee Montoya and the GCPD as if they're not going to investigate a lickety anything here. They're just going to go, all right, well, they said next time. Let's go back and have lunch. And so they go back and you have Steph and Kes. Steph's really upset. And I get it. She's upset. She's trying to work off some steam. They're, they're training. But that's when Kes has to reach down into her Luke Skywalker self and say, listen, you can't be this angry. We can't do this. And that's what Steph's like. Listen, I still have this bullet scar here. I am pissed off. Cass says, don't let your anger cloud your sight. I just never got the idea here from this training that she was like, you know, she was out of control, furious, Steph. Yeah, she shows the scar. And then Cass says, we both have scars. They're going to try to one up each other now and go down the, the line. But yeah, the whole thing is this. I mean, seriously, Eric, this line, it's, hey. No, you're right. It's just, I know what it feels like. The bullet, it left a scar. Yes, we both have many, each with a story. They fade with time, but Classic the ones Cass. inside our hearts. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, that, that's the feels here? The scars of our hearts. Of course. Yeah, I love that. Like you said, it is nothing like a cast, but there they are, waxing poetic. And in this issue, you will have Barbara Gordon. Oracle. Yeah. She'll keep getting a hold of them. I think I might as well hey, call Kels, her. what's going on? I might as well call her back up because I believe that around in October or November, we'll be getting a Barbara Gordon back book. But, but what are you talking about? Aren't we going to have Batgirl Cassandra Kane doing Spirit World stuff? Well, yes, she'll be doing that. Yes, she'll, at least she'll be doing something in the spooky months of the summer. But yeah, when, when they have this <laughs> going on, you end up having Barbara who... I don't know. She's very nice. Like, Where's that bitch, Barbara Gordon? I'm used to. It's kind of a shame <laughs> here, though, because I think that you, the Clone Rats wanted to make more of a progression. They just ran out of time of Barbara, you know, saying, OK, you girls, you can do what you want. I trust you because it was always her trying to be like the den mother and being worried about him. But here it seems that like, was what it was supposed oh, wow. to be. But it never felt like we no, actually it didn't. Ever That's achieved what I'm that. saying. You never Especially did when you're reading that. Nightwing at the same time when she's barely ever in the hill and she's in blood and bagging her boyfriend. Well, that's why right now she's actually in bed with Dick Grayson. That's why she's well, always on the cops. At the one point when she said, like, I'm leaving and they're like, the apartment's yours because I'm going to go do my own thing over here because the clock tower's rebuilt. It's like. I never got the idea like we ever spent that much time with dead mother Barbara Gordon as it seems she was supposed to be this entire series. Yeah. So it it actually is it that's part of this that's a shame. They didn't develop that enough. They I'm I'm saying they didn't have enough time, but we're on issue seventeen for crying out loud. They had time, but still, with all of this, she is very more like and then even with this of the heart talk that you had Cass and Steph have then all of a sudden, Barbara's like, listen. Rest Barbara Gordon, we need more Mrs. Garrett. Yeah, it's like she's the girls, girls. She feels like oh, HR got a hold of her. And she's like, I wish I had more time to talk to you. But if you guys feel bad, you need to talk. I'm always here. <laughs> what is going It's so forced Thanks, in Babs. that, in that after school special deal. It's just too forced. Then we go to Grace O'Holler and that, I mean, you want to hear angry. She threw her potty. At the at the TV, is that a podcast or is that, or is that just a camera on a uh, a selfie stick? Like it might deal? be a selfie stick. I'm saying it's a potty, Eric. Okay, why why is she destroying her office? I know she's upset, but she ruined her 
you know, real shitty TV. I mean, you I can't get those is, anymore. I, I don't even understand because wherever you record from, it's already destroyed, but you're always well, angry. She has three pictures hanging on the wall. She has punched each one of them. Why is she punching pictures? Still looks wall? better than each your place. Each one is destroyed. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but I'm angry to her that she knocked over a filing cabinet. She wrecked her TV, which the TV, it looked like she threw the potty real far, but it's right there. podcast producer, Rocky, is in critical condition because she was targeted. She's upset, Jim. This is Another called emotion. Another first deal was right before he ended up having the problem. She had to be mean to him. But now we see there's a it's a, not the demon in the bottle. It's it's eye patch in the bottle. Eric, she's got a bottle there. She's going to go back to the drinking. Oh, my goodness. Well, maybe she already did for the idea that she goes to the Hills Angels looking for a gun. To and protect it might herself be it with. might be here. What I called courage, know now. Jim. She just recorded episode 100. Eric, she has too much gin. She passed out. Ah, oh, yes. So all this going on, she's upset. And I guess at the end of this. Are we going to have like a, you know, a marriage baby? I think she really is going on and on about Rocky. You, know, like you can she care about somebody without marrying him. Well, I'm telling you, I hear Cinderella don't know what you've got till it's gone. I mean, there's some trouble here. She really realizes that she loves the Rocky. She was not watching him with her eye. And then all of this going down, though, is okay. That girls are going to go out and patrol. And again, this is a thing that we talk about in this book, especially. There's never any, like, trail of anything. They just always end up exactly where they need to be at the exact... So they just show up. They're like, hey, let's go check out this gang. And there they are, the Hills Angels, which is kind of... They've been a problem this entire time. They're there in the, you know, but in the... The idea, like, the whole deal of, oh, my God, we have... uh," You know, why don't they go look for the sniper? But they end up going and they see and don't really say that Grace is there getting a gun you see it's grace she has a, yeah. a cap on like she's, she's working incognito. down at the wharf. i mean not real she has an eye patch i mean there's not many places you're gonna go look she has a beanie on and a hoodie looks like she's working the docks or a pierce not not a sexy way she's obviously a pirate hat i think she is and for some reason it, she bought a sort of shotgun it looked like i we we, we call that a blunderbuss in pirate world <laughs> she's putting nails and shit <laughs> oh my god so she obviously wants to find the sniper and make him walk the plank. This is what we right. know at this, right? Kioha! You have this, and then she's also looking for me doubloons. Uh, but she's there, and so this is that play. Now, if you're going to play this game here... She keeps this up, though. I'm going to put her in the yard until she's sober. Uh, oh, my God. Well, yeah. But That's the, what you the do with problem, a drunken sailor. The problem here, that is true. <laughs> the problem I have here... Is that usually, and I think it's a better way to play it, is usually you want to show a, a grace. She's she's distraught, possibly liquored up now. She stopped drinking. She was looking better, but now she looks like a pirate. She's off. It is funny. She has that eye patch, too. I, wasn't even, I was just thinking of the cat for some reason. Uh, she may have a peg leg. We haven't confirmed or denied that. And a blunderbuss. And a blunderbuss. So she gets that. But usually the play here is to show... This person who normally wouldn't do this because they're upset. Man, I don't know Grace that no that well. Get themselves in danger because they have tried to, you know, get this gun or whatever. Grace has never been anything but in danger in my mind. Well, it's true, but she should have already had a gun. I mean, she really probably has stalkers and stuff. So the Batgirls are watching. They jump in to stop this, but it's never really at a point where they're saying, like, Grace, you should know better or... Grace runs away with the blunderbuss Damn right she does. the cover of the night. <laughs> what, what's going Look, on? It's a, it's a sting operation. She needs to get out of there. <laughs> She's the one who runs. I'll tell you, the thing is, 
We have the Hills Angels selling guns to Graysell Howard and the, the cover of Night in the freaking local cemetery. It's all well and good until, you, in my mind, until you get to the whole after school special about how the Hills Angels should be better people. And That's because fine. I, you're, no, no, I'm saying though, I don't care about anything that Grace is doing here. She's protecting her ass. Whatever you need to do at this point in time. All I cared about during this entire interaction, especially when the Batgirl show up to kick a little Hillis Angel's ass, is that we have a mutant from the Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yeah, we, we do. Have, I'm telling you, I was telling him, like, you know, this is real Billy Bad. We need to shiv him up. I needed this guy to talk like this, and he did not talk like this. But it's straight up a mutant from the Dark Knight Returns. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. We're finally getting to that future. <laughs> we were there. We didn't know what was happening in the hills. Every time they show up in a Batman-related book, I just feel like we're finally getting to that dark future. And they are, a lot of people like to wink, wink, so it's kind of... Oh, he's real Billy Bad. So, in this, though, like, take the Batgirls out of the scene and have Grace there. And Grace is a, you know, a questioning price. She ends up having the podcast, all the stuff that she does. So, she's there and she's this buying a gun. This is great podcast content, honestly. I'd have a whole episode about me buying a gun for a gang in a cemetery shit. And she kind of gets in the pilot and I'm says, scared, like... No, I'm not having an episode. She's buying a gun. She says, hey, I need this, but... You guys, isn't it weird you're selling like this gun violence? And they could say all the things they still say to Grace. And then Grace, okay, well, I don't know, and, and goes away. When the Batgirls show up, it, it throws a wrench in this because Grace has to slip away. And then the Batgirls, especially Steph, have to go on and on with this whole deal. You guys should be doing a food drive. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And it, it just seems silly that these guys probably are like looking at each other, but yet they react and a way that they're taking that seriously but then you get back to the idea if we don't have guns then they'll shoot us all yeah but if you don't have guns they won't have guns no 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 they'll and it just kind of goes around circles with this and then they tie them up and it just felt weird and that's why grace left because they want to end up tying them up but grace can't actually be you know, the bad person. And then the sniper arrives. <laughs> like, what is going on? To save the Hell's Angels and stuff like that. And they start shooting. The sniper's shooting. We have to get down. We subdue the Hell's Angels, but we need Grace to get away. Because I'm sure that is a part of the further story of well, the whole yeah, idea. Well, she's going to you know, try we, to use We have dump. to talk Grace down from, you know, killing somebody probably. And be a little bit more heavy-handed. She's going to go off. And, and with the solicits, it seems that this might be Gun Bunny and Gun Hawk or one of the other. Whatever the case may be. And they seem to be into it, like, we want to take down the Batgirls. It has to be something about... If if this is Gun Bunny or Gun Hawk, I feel like we would see them, because they're notable characters, even though Gun Hawk's supposed to be dead at this point in time, but that's never stopped the Queen Rides yeah. before. I think it's but supposed to be a surprise. of a mysterious sniper who's trying to do this to, like, you know, not for revenge, but truth, I'm like... Doesn't really work for the character for me. No, well, whatever it was, you know, to look at their dead man and wonder why nothing works for them. So I think that the whole truth and the thing is, is like people are against these guns and that's what we're all about. So nobody can. It's just going to be goofy. And so you end up where the Batgirls save, you know, some of these guys. They knock them down in like a grave there. It's pretty cool. Or at least a ravine. I don't know what it is. And uh, yeah, you have this and Cass goes off again. And when she gets there, the, the sniper's gone, and they have a note, one for each Batgirl. And there's and the funny thing is, because of the two things, I'm like, there ain't six Batgirls. Oh, there's three there. The panels are separate. I'm like, what the fuck are these other Batgirls? Uh, but yeah, you have that, oh, no, they're going to get the Batgirls, so this is the, the big play here. Hey, Barbara, lay low for a little bit, huh? Yeah, really. Stay, stay over there. Uh, with uh, in Bloodhaven with Nightwing, but yeah, when when they're going though, like you said, even the the dialogue of the narration of this sniper 
it just didn't feel right of anything. And especially no. with Gun Buddy and Gunhawk, but it felt odd. It was like, well, even the idea where you have a lone sniper who, like, you know, just, just a guy who's essentially a terrorist who just wants to bring terror to people and stuff. Like, whenever you have a gun situation like that, like we had that, who's that guy years ago? Is the college shooter that we had, the college sniper or the Washington, like, you know, highway oh, sniper? Oh, yeah, the, the highway sniper. Whenever yeah. we had stuff like that, you always have this lone guy who always, like, a manifesto, it feels like, because this is what my entire life lost because of a lie. That's what this it feels about like. Revenge. Yeah. It's about truth. And I'm not afraid to speak it. Even the idea when you go before that, where it's, it's just, it's just so weird because I'm telling you, this is not even a monologue to me as you're just watching the background. So this is a manifesto of the earth, the entire city, one big mask. The hill is really turning around. That's what they say. Lies. Like this, this shit's almost fucking Rorschach's journal at this point. The fact that this city still relies on vigilante sets at all. My, Look, if you say this is Gun Honk or Gun Bunny, it's no Gun Honk or Gun Bunny I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, it's very odd. It is very odd. Now, I am looking, and is there a possibility? Now, think in your mind. Think of your man, Gun Hawk, kind of has a mask, visor, like the guy you've said was going to, like, in the uh, the Dark Knight Returns stuff. He, he doesn't really do mutant stuff like that now. Yeah, I know, but he does have, like, he usually wears a uh, bandana. Around his head and has that kind of look with those that maybe, maybe there's something weird going on there. That it's Gun Bunny up in the sniper deal and that this might. And all of a sudden, Gunhawk has shaved his head and looked like a mutant well, that's in disguise the, thing. the if, you look at, if you look at Gunhawk, he usually has a bandana. You never really see any hair. He usually has that, you know, American flag bandana over yeah. it. So if he takes that, I don't know how he he would have infiltrated those angels. I don't know, but it's very odd because I was gonna. What got me was the idea that whoever it is, if it is Gun Buddy and Gun Hawk, man, these masks. I'm like, I think that both of them wear kind of like goggles and a mask. Well, the thing is, I, I just had to look it up here because obviously it's been a while since I've thought about Gun Hawk and what he specifically looks like. He does look like that's not him. He looks deranged, yeah. that mutant guy. But it is a the similar mutant, look. The mutant looks like a mutant, but Gunhawk's visor is more of like a Cyclops visor. It is, it is more. But, like, but he, yeah, I, I don't know. If we all of a sudden we see a bandana in his back pocket, oh, shit, we saw it. Look, the other guy with the massive bandana, maybe he borrows it from him. I don't know. I'm trying to get something here. Uh, but at it's the end. Mutant, Jim, that's all you need. At the end, all you, all you gather up from all of this is oh no grace has hit the bottle again she's bought a blunderbuss and become a pirate there's a force over the, over the top like the idea Where's that the, the, rum? the joke is the <laughs> the joke is the after school special deal because that's usually done by hacks and it's right in your face but this is even worse i mean this would be like any sort of deal where me and you like we show up to a gang and teach them how to read and they teach us how to pop and lock i mean i'd rather have that but it's just i feel like i've watched that episode like at least once a year during the 80s on every sitcom yeah you have that i mean really and then you have like you know uh carlton's got a gun right he's gonna cause problems then next thing you know jesse she's getting speed Holy shit, Eric, it's got it all. She's got to pay for that speed somehow, too, Jesse. She is so excited. Showgirling. uh, Yeah, at the end of this, though, it's just, it's laughable. It's cringe the whole time. It's very cringe the entire time. And Tony, up until that point, I don't mind the issue. It is pretty much standard Coonrad's background at that point in time. But when you get to the idea of the topical situation of gun violence and what it does to people in neighborhoods, and it is so heavy-handed over the top, you just, like, kind of, 
wince away as you're reading like, oh, God, I, I can't look, but you have to keep reading because you have to do a goddamn podcast on it. Like, I like the Apollo Park Jubilee, even though it's most mm-hmm. primarily filled with like Grace O'Halloran trying to talk about gentrification for her podcast. But the Batgirls being able to cut loose with Kyle, do some fun stuff like that. I want to see some stuff, even when the Batgirls are training right there. We have it's a little heavy handed showing the bullet mark on and stuff. That is fine as well. It's just when we get to the back half of the book, it all falls apart for me because it becomes a laughable and a how serious they want to take this because they can't write anything that's truly serious. It always has to be a character, a caricature of what real seriousness looks like. Yeah, I didn't like it from the beginning, though. I was, I was very uh, surprised that we didn't have Marv Wolfman and George Perez serving up slices at the whole. They're, they're everywhere. Those guys with their pizza trucks. So. In that, though, what would you give it? Ultimately, I'm going to give this a 5.9 out of 10. I think the art is great throughout this whole thing. And the story could be good, especially coming out of a, a place where Steph was just killed by a bullet and brought back to life. It just never really plays as hard as I think the Coolin Rides wanted to do. And Grace O'Halloran, as a pirate and with one eye like that whole thing, her going off is the most interesting part about the story. A lone sniper like this, it just feels weird, especially for the Hill neighborhood and the backgrounds to be so, like, so into this idea of taking this one person down when this is way outside of a usual bat's pay grade and how they keep getting pretty much they're failing the entire time it's a, it's a strange story whenever you do it but I, there's aspects to it i don't mind it's just overall it's basic clean ride kind of bullshit yeah, right? it's yeah. not, not something that i really gravitate towards in the type of storytelling that they ever do here and the backgrounds continues to disappoint but a 5.9 out of 10 yeah i'm a five just a regular five i do like the art but again i said it earlier they, i don't think they mean harm when they're doing these things they think they're not. fighting the good fight they want to give this whole deal that's Could you fine imagine if they actually meant harm in doing I any mean, of this I, I, Maybe it'd be funny if they meant harm. I think that maybe there'd be a good story there. Maybe it'd be a weird deal that that's I'm like the burn thing. This mother they down through this kind of story. Yeah, really. And and so when they're, they're doing chaos. this again, like a guy, they're not deconstructing the character. They are trying to elevate their characters. They just don't know how. They're just not very good at it. I don't think they get the characters fully, and they kind of get stuck in these ruts. And you this can't rut elevate your dimensions. Yeah, well, and they're yeah. That's good, Eric. That's that's almost as good as my. I want a character, not a caricature, which I thought yeah. you might have wanted to borrow a little earlier, but I, that's mine. I trademarked that. But yeah, by the <laughs> end, it's just, I end up, I've been a it's one of those cookie. things, I've talked about it before. We, we, I don't like the Wonder Woman book. I think that that's really, like, really bad. The Batgirls book, it's what it is. It, it's just this little thing on the side. It, it could have been better, and I wish it what was. What should be eighteen-year-old girls acting like thirteen-year-old girls trying to deal serious situations, but <laughs> in a dumbed-down way. Yeah, I I would have loved it if the idea was like, I know what's going on, Cass. I have this bullet one, and Cass is like, bitch, that happened three days ago. Like seriously, you're really into the get out of town. I, I gave birth and gave my kid up for adoption <laughs> too. More scars, Cass. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's so many things going on. Just the idea that we know how Cass was, but yeah, Steph had a bad childhood. Nothing compared to Cass, the only one who really can, and seriously, go to Cass and talk shop would be Damien in my mind. They could I don't really know, talk. man. Cass is going to grow up and have a Never Neverland. She didn't yeah, have a childhood. Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, seriously, but at least Damien, they kind of like nod to each other like, yep. We killed millions of people. Plus, the thing is, Cask was, like, made to be a weapon and was constantly just terrorized by her parents to be the most perfect weapon without speaking. Damien had a great childhood. He he got to kill people, and he thought this was the best thing ever. Well, that was the thing. There is a different deal. Damien was told that that was great, like you said. This was royalty. It was more of a royalty fun type thing. 
Kaz, remember at points where they would go back and forth with this, especially in the Batman and Robin Eternal, she would get up in the morning and it was like, okay, you're not just going to eat breakfast. You're going to have to fight for survival to eat breakfast. And she would get attacked by hundreds of people and she'd have to kill them just to eat breakfast is bagels to get those bagels. We're going to play the most dangerous game. Man. Yeah. Yeah, man, because here they come and hopefully you eat pieces of shit like them for breakfast because I didn't buy eggs and bacon. I'm sorry. And then she just starts fighting. Right? But yeah, she and that's why, again, she didn't ever learn to talk because they didn't have any reason to teach her. And then she to talk. And she learned she learned body language to help out. Everything was just a razor focus for her to be a killing machine. So you don't get that here. Maybe luckily, but. It, and that's why it, it's a weird play. Well, we've moved when, past the, that. when the Clumreds, yeah, but when the Clumreds are writing this, you do end up almost like, well, like you said, she's getting to dance and she can yeah. read the books. That is nice, but I don't think they quite understand it how me of nice. Batman Beyond's intro. Yeah, <laughs> dancing. That would have been. I, I'm telling you that. Way. At first, I thought they were the only ones dancing. I can't even watch videos when that happens. Like, there's a concert. Those are people having fun. Not on my watch. Not, well, I'm telling you, listen to you, Mr. No Fun. But I ain't stopping anybody else's. And you have these two people in the front dancing it up. And I'm like, what are you doing? Having a good time. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're just trying to get attention on themselves. Uh, I think that's what it is. Cat I think this is more of you just like projecting your own emotions. Having a good time with your family? Look who wants attention. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, though, if they were the only ones dancing and they get up in the middle of this, nonsense. Catwoman number 54, written by Teeny Howard, art by Nico Leone, Veronica Gandini, and Lucas Gattoni. Oh, my, Eric. Oh, my God. Catwoman, Eric, get this. She's going to get out of prison. Thankfully, because we had so much of Ico <laughs> as Catwoman that I'm kind of like, whew, maybe we can cool this Jim, down. you don't understand. There was so much of Ico Catwoman going on here. They even stopped somebody in this issue. And Tom Cat and her say, look, the night's still young. I have a meeting later on, but we can still clean up Alleytown before Selena gets out. They had a whole other adventure. We just didn't get to see it. So much Ico Catwoman. Just over there. Just over there. <laughs> you can't see it, but it's over there. It is like the classic... uh like any sort of teen movie where the big party happened, now they have to clean up. You know, the parents are on their way home and calling and whatnot. So they're going to do that. But it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. So you go and boy. So the best part of the book. Uh, well, it is. Actually, I, I don't know what is because. Uh, great. I'm telling you, I actually don't know what the best part is. No, because really the stuff don't. in the prison is a slog. It, it And it's been a slog. But now we're just going to jump around. And not like cool jump around <laughs> like House of Pain. We're, we're going to end up where it's like Selene is there and they're, they're raking the leaves. And the, hey, do you, and seriously, before we go any further, when you end up having the idea, oh, like really pushed, I can die and come back. I swear. She can be on the verge of dying. She has a healing factor. I think this is like a wink, wink that Valmont's going to, oh, just like her. It's nonsense. And so. Yeah, this plan, but you don't even know what's happening. And this plan of Selena, well, eventually we'll get out of here. But if we start a fight with the Queen of Hearts, they'll end up putting us on full lockdown. So we have to do it before or during or all this. And then Selena's just jumping out of freaking vents. And well, that's the thing about this issue, because we have the whole idea that the Royal Flush Gang, the, or the part of the Royal Flush Gang, you know, the Queen of Hearts and her crazy eight squad, Regina Quintain, 
they got their asses arrested because they believe the Catwoman was arrested during the whole big Ace Chemical like explosion. And she's the, the Catwoman that's on the streets. It's not the real Catwoman. She obviously is in Blackgate prison. We're going to get our asses in there, find that Catwoman, get some payback, revenge, and kick her ass. But when you have Selena Kyle come in to pretty much confront Regina Quintain and talk about the idea of like, Queen of Hearts, what are you doing here? What's punchline up to you, bitch? Hey, Selena Kyle, it's crazy. I know you were arrested the night of that Ace Chemical plant that you weren't, like, explosion that you weren't involved in. I think Catwoman was, too. Have you seen that bitch around me? Because I really don't like you. <laughs> Throughout this entire issue, I don't know if it's it's funny or infuriating the idea that nobody can realize that Selena Kyle is Catwoman, or even the idea at this point in time in DC Comics War, people just don't know that Selena Kyle is Catwoman. I don't know what they're playing here, but it doesn't work. Anything that we're doing, even when Catwoman in this issue, Selena Kyle in prison, takes her prison shirt off and makes a mask out of it. And people just start calling her Catwoman. I'm like, you know who that is. Stop it. Don't play this fucking <laughs> I, game. Be smart than this. I love a couple things. First off, they're out breaking leaves, right, in the yard. At one point, are they raking them so well that it looks like there's like an 80-foot tall pile of leaves. But then when you end up having Bro, that these scene, trees. I, I don't know. I don't know. And so you have all this going down. But when they are in in the bathroom, and you have the Queen of Hearts, and she's talking to Selena. And you, you have Teeny Howard wanting to play the game. Oh, my, like, that it would be such a shock that the Queen of Hearts has figured this out. So you end up having almost that page turn of, hey, I think I just figured something out. The idea that she's sitting there thinking, okay, Selena Kyle, you're here. I think Catwoman is as well. But I see you're in charge of everybody. You're running things. Wouldn't you just and, <laughs> and crawling sneakily like a cat through, through vents? vents. <laughs> yeah, like it'd be funny. It's like that whole deal, huh? So you came out of those vents, you know, Selena like a cat. Kyle, the master <laughs> thief in prison with the Catwoman, the master thief and Batman enemy slash frenemy. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and so all that going down, you end up with the craziness of you know. I think that I figured this out. Selena Kyle, you're working with the cap. I'm like, come on now. Are you that dumb? Plus, it takes me out of the story immediately. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got taken out immediately at the point where, I mean, immediately I did when they're out just talking nonsense. But the big play of this plan and how we're going to do this, you do end up where Selena wants to have a plan, but everybody else has their own plan, Mark. And we we have our own plan going on, but we can't tell Selena Kyle because we can't let her get involved in this whole thing. So we're going to keep her out of it so nobody else finds out about it. And we're just going to enact the plan to get us all out of here. But really, Sasha, you know, the lady Clayface, I need you to hide a utility blade in your Clayface skin. I'm going to take it, jab myself in the neck, me being Marquise, because... I'm a strong lady, just like my daddy, which means I'm super strong and have a healing factor. So when I start bleeding out to the point where people think I'm dead, they're going to take me to the morgue because me, for some reason, knows that they never check any of the alarms down they at the morgue. They don't check a and they, there's, there's a garage door <laughs> down there, but you know what? I'm not the only person who knows that they don't go lock the garage door in the morgue of the freaking Black Gate prison. So when I go to open that shit so we can all get out of there, Punchline is on the other side, and now she's breaking into prison to have that final showdown with Catwoman until she does and says, Well, you're right, Catwoman, we should work together. Yeah. And what? What? Here, dial it back a bit. Here's the deal. You have argued and complained about this since the beginning of the idea that you have metahumans. You have metahumans in a regular just prison. They have Lady Clayface. All she has to do is get this blade and shove it in her clay. This is why they can't have regular prisoners. Well, I've like told this. you, 
Even the idea where we actually have the freaking the revolt going on. We're going to create a distraction before any other guards can lock us down completely. My girl is going to go up against the crazy eights, cause this gigantic distraction, and then we're all eventually going to go for the guards to try to make our way out of prison. And when that shit happens, we got a cyborg lady, we got Lady Clayface, we got this bitch breathing fear gas out of her mouth. All of this shit comes out of nowhere, and the guards are overwhelmed. I'm like, how does nobody know how to deal with this, or why is this happening? Where are the freaking inhibitors at? What is going on here? Like the idea that the, these guys should be this guy is pointing a, is pointing a gun at Lady Clayface. Like that would do anything. Yeah. Also, I just want to know what the fuck Selena's drawing. I mean, I'm a bad artist, but look at that fucking scribbly scratch they're doing. Also, Lady Clayface is like working. Is she like is shaping her foot? She's doing clay shit. I, it's all ridiculous. So you go. And then when you have that going down, nobody checks Marquise to see if she's really dead. They're just like, shit, that was a lot of blood. I guess she's dead. So let's see, just- I, I feel I imagine that they did. It's just one of those aspects where she is like, you know, gone to the point of her like heart is really shallow because of the amount of blood she lost. Really so she shallow is not dead. They would they would just uh, I mean, they've assumed she's dead. They haven't even taken her to the hospital to be pronounced dead. It seems that you're just like, eh, bitch is dead. Then have to go even more. Yeah, somebody told me that, or I saw a little wink. These lesbians. She winked at one of the girls after she did a some weirdo lesbian killing pact. I'm like, what? The thing is, if you want to make this more prison like, more of like, you know, (laughs) over the top weird, go for it. But that is a weird line out of nowhere for this series. Such a weird line out of nowhere. It's just these things that even at the one point you have the crazy eights, they show up. Hey, Selena Kyle, what's going on? Nice haircuts, ladies. I even like the idea when uh, when Marquise wakes up in the morgue and he's like, can't count the number of times I've escaped lock up this way. Normal prisoners never learn to alarm the morgue doors. I'm like, how many times have you escaped lock up this way? And has it always been blacky? Has it been other places? Because who is not double checking this once it happens once? You don't realize they're like, oh, man, Marquise is back. Didn't you hear she's been pronounced dead 17 times up till now? Like that throws everything out. It does. It, it's so ridiculous. The idea well, look, of this does that, does that throw everything out, or the idea that well, everything the more doors don't have fences <laughs> or cages around them for punchline just to be on the other side of the garage door. And I love that everybody just knows this, and it is. Even though you said like, oh well, maybe Marquise, maybe she was like so near death the deal, but they're still walking away. They're in earshot when she just. You know, gets up like the Undertaker and is good, so it doesn't make any sense. And then she goes off. Yep, looks like I'm gonna open up this here garage door because I lost a lot of blood, but I'm still strong. Just like my daddy. And there's punchline. Hey, what up? And then this finally, weird- we figure out the morgue door wasn't alarmed, but Regina said she couldn't find a way here. Did she send you? Uh, yeah, I'm totally working for Regina. Cool, cool. Let's go. All right, cool. Punchline. What is your end game now? Like, I'm telling you, the Gotham game, in my mind, it felt like you, you were elevating the character of Punchline. And we were even in this book talking about the idea that, holy shit, we have to worry about Punchline's phase two. What's phase two at this point now where Punchline breaks into prison to take on Catwoman personally from everything else we saw about her, like, operation with the Royal Flush Gang going against the Gentleman's Club and even manufacturing XO in the freaking alley town? How does any of that just lead? Yep, gonna go to prison and fight that bitch. Phase I, I two. I, phase two. I love the two. Like you have this play, and Teeny Howard can't write it in any sort of, you know, way that makes sense or or goes smooth. You end up having Marquis. She opens up. Oh my god, punchline! Punchline's like, oh man, it took you long enough. So hurry up! I'm ready to kick Catwoman's ass once and for all. Okay, I'll get her. You stay here. 
But then they start walking together, but then they don't. And then you end up having Marquis say, wait, the COs are hot. I just set so all hot. this off. It's how I, I got cancel. back here. I don't even know what she's saying. And then <laughs> Punchline goes, not my problem. All right, sure thing. Uh, give me a what, what what's happening? I don't even understand what they think is happening. What is going on? And then you get Marquise, who then like goes off a punchline still face to her, and then face two, just walking through prison. Marquise comes back. Now nobody has batted an eye that the dead woman now is running back through the prison, and she's Look, am just I supposed to memorize all the living people's faces, let alone the dead ones? Just to point out too, when you ended up having Marquise like a revolving get that, door around here. Marquise slices her throat, and then the guards are more concerned. Yeah, we know you did this, Kyle. Damn for right. no reason, right? Remember Tom King's run where you went Arkham Sound for killing 243 people? You psychopath where everybody knew you were a cat woman, but we don't anymore. Good yeah, times. I'm just I'm just thinking that, you know, Marquise is running. Oh no, that five-timed ghost is back. She's yeah. always dying. So she comes running in. Oh my god, oh my god, you, you don't you're not gonna get this, Selena. It's punchline they want you to meet. Oh, duh. <laughs> they come in and like, I want to show you something. Let's go into the vent. <sighs> all right. I'm not really into that all the time. Don't be too go. worried when you come into this vent and you see me. What are you talking about? Oh, my God, Catwoman. Makes an awful lot of sense. You trust me like that? I've got to. Now show me where to go. <laughs> show you where to go. You're the, you've been doing nothing but vent shit for the past and week. They're, they're in a vent. I love the idea. I wish that Marquise goes up into the vent. It's like, Holy shit, where did Selena go, Catwoman? She might as well at this point. Yeah, she might as well. And then, like, then, then they go out. Now it's going to be, let's, why are they allowed now? At one point, they were getting yelled at at least, like, hey, get in the common room, ladies. Now they're just running around wherever they want. They go out to the yard at night, and they're going to have this fight. But yet, I see a guard there. Is he paid off? We don't know. And then all of a sudden, the fight is on. Catwoman shows up, and nobody can figure out that. That's Selena. Same clothes. I just have some Same body type. Whatever. Oh, my God. It's you. And then Teeny Howard's going to play that same game with Ico in a little bit, but it just doesn't work. And now we're going to have the fight. But in that, the fight ends up because since Selena, throughout all this, is really planning on getting, as far as we know, murders. Hey, they're good people at heart. I'm going to teach them to steal stuff. You know, that's not illegal. So we're going to break out. girls punchline, girls with power, girls I taught how to be thieves. You come out here and you can play a new game with me. I'm not going <laughs> to join your pyramid scheme. It's not that. I need you to work with me. We could all win if you just join. You know what? It's a pretty good deal, Selena. I think I will. And even when you have the idea, it's like, all right, we're all going to get out of prison. Punchline and Selena are fucking hombres now. But like. You then have the idea where Punchline is now working with a member of the Gentleman's Club and Black Mask like, oh shit, you know, we were just in a, like a, a blood feud with Punchline before where Amygdala was killed and places is blown up in Alley Town. A lot of our shit was really put into jeopardy because of that Punchline bitch. And you're just going to work with her now. Cool. All right. Oh, and, and you say the Punchline is now working with Catwoman as well. Well, I'm just Black Mask. What am I to do? I love the idea that they're even like, wait a second, it's, it's the classic, wait a second, I always see you here when Catwoman isn't around, like Ico then, and then all of a sudden, you know, then that guy, but who cares? I mean, this is the, there's some things in this that you're just like, really? But then it, it just all this going down, just the idea that she's like, how about we team up phase three, Eric? Now, all of a sudden, Punchline's going to join in, she's going to be part the of this game. The new strays. I love when she's trying to spell it out, it's like... I, this doesn't make sense in any punchline thing. It's like, huh, 
You seem like you're a bad butt yourselves. How about you come in with my thieves and we make some money? Let's make some cash under, baby. Huh, that sounds crazy. And then everybody's fighting in the background. I mean, there's just fights going on. There's powers being led up. All this nonsense. Lady Clayface turns into like the angel of death. Out of nowhere, just jumping around as a Clayface should. And and then you do play the steel where Teeny Howard talking and, and giving this narration where I can't say that I think that the authority here is, is in the wrong. I mean, these ladies were arrested, they're in prison, they're breaking out, and she's trying to spin this like, look at authority trying to put us down. They ain't going to do shit. We're the thieves, whatever. I think we're I, on the wrong side of this sense. narration. Yeah, I, I really think we are. I mean, you did have some, but really, Teeny Howard, because she can't tell a story worth a shit, you really had to set up the guards as being over the top, just bad abuse. Then you, you set up, we got to get Come out on, of here. Hey, I know this tropes. might not be the right. <laughs> so you end up with this. It's just like, oh, my God, it's so over the top. With our then you have this weird scene with Marquise, with, with Catwoman. Well, I don't See know the idea of, like, the prison system being bad. I'm gonna, here's the narration that Catwoman has on the big breakout. If my plans with Gotham City are going to work, I need to be optimistic. I need to believe that people can break the law and still care about each other. And I do. Every one of these inmates puts down their personal grudges and we fight back to back against our jailers. They're overwhelmed by our harmony. Authorities always is. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's those metahuman bitches that are killing everybody. That's what they're afraid of. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. It's like, what is harmony? Another metahuman in the background that's just killing people with laser eyes? Because no, brains. You, you end up having these metahumans. It's so ridiculous. The idea I'm that. I'm telling you, like I said, the idea that, you know, Marquise is super strong and has a healing factor. We got a cyborg, and again, I don't remember which one the cyborg is. It might as well even be Marquise for all I remember. But you have Lady Clayface, who have, uh, I forget which one it was, the uh, the one that breathes you know, the, the theater gas out of their mouth as well. Just the idea of all of these people, and for all the stuff that's going on that we've seen in the past and you know, know their association with, they all belong here. And honestly, they don't even belong here. They belong in an even more supermax prison where you can actually inhibit their powers because these are dangerous people. They are. And again, you could sit there and say anything. Well, the one on gotcha. It doesn't matter what they did. They can't end up here. And Teeny Howard. Our jailers are pieces of shit trying to keep us jailed for our crimes. She dogpiles onto the idea that the metahuman shouldn't be there with the idea that it's like commendable for Selena to break out these people who are pretty dead. dead. I mean, we don't know exactly what they did. So you're going to think the worst. I know what they did. Murder. They're there. And even then. The crime they're committing at this moment is enough to put them in jail for a long time. They are attacking the guards. They're going that's down. They're wrecking the place. Oh, that's a paddling. I do like then where all this is going down. I believe that's paddling. You have a, a le- sweep in the leg because, you know, punchline is badass. and says, hey, here's your chance. Or, this is Slater. Here's your chance. Are you ambitious or just chaotic? Come on. Ooh, you wait. can't outfight me, punchline. So you better think about my offer. Before it expires. And then you have the idea, well, okay, I think I will, but to screw you, that's not the correct pronunciation. Telephone operators standing by. <laughs> Don't act yet. Do you think that this knife can but cut wait, through a can there's more. a tomato? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Sham wow. <laughs> this book continues where all of a sudden it's Punchline and Selena. Working together. Phase two. Phase nothing. This book needs to get a new creator on it. This is bullshit. I'm telling you, at the end of the Gotham game with what we had with Punchline, 
really felt we elevated the character where she's yeah, a, a, a legitimate threat in Gotham to where out of nowhere in this issue, which we continued in the story arc saying, holy what shit, happened? Punchline is a legitimate threat to Gotham. She has a phase two that we don't even know. We need to break out of prison to stop her. So this issue, oh, Punchline just broke into prison and now she works for Catwoman <laughs> who works with Ico, who's working against the Gentleman's Club. So we're a bunch of criminals going against other criminals to bring them down. But we're the good guys. And in the meantime, pining for Valmont, who you still think is a cat. There you go. His ass is Duchess and always will be. Uh, uh, it may be. Maybe they'll transfer the, the thing. That would be now, funny that he ends you think it's that way. Do you think it's going to be a weird situation? Because, I don't know, for some reason, it just feels like we're coming to the end of this run. I don't know why. I don't think it's announced. I, I know. Of the sort. No, nothing's announced, but it feels like, like we're it. coming to the run- end of this run. Like but, we're forcing things to an ending, right? It feels it, like that's that. what it feels like. Like and it, I, it, it almost feels to me that once Duchess was kind of like, the guards found out about there's a cat in the vents and shut that shit down, that we might not see Duchess ever again. Like, <laughs> well, do you think we, we're ever going to bring that up again? It's weird because Unless they shut down the fucking cat. The funny play is, well, you have that the Duchess who, like, just disappeared then. Like, did they get Duchess? And then Selena's still in the vents, so I don't know what's going on. And then you have this cat going got on. Your tongue. I, <laughs> at the end, uh, like, huh, we transferred Valmont's spirit into the cat. Always knew he was a pussy. That's what I need, Eric, right? Am I canceled out? But I ended up yes. where that's what I want. I, it, this but not whole, for that. This whole thing is just ridiculous. I mean, Teeny Howard uh, goes through so many phases of doesn't understand really anything about prison. What did I, we do with Catwoman in prison? I don't know. I told you that would be bullshit. The idea of redemption for the murder of a man, especially the idea that the man that she actually loves is so important to the idea of murder that she then commits it to save him. There's some decent drama in that. We dropped that story arc. Well, Aaron. We even had fucking Ventura Fremont, the fucking yeah. assistant DA, come in here. I want to get you out of prison because I know punchlines were special. Fuck out of here, Ventura. I belong here. All right, it's time to break out of prison. Ventura Fremont hears about this and it's like, why? <laughs> I could have gotten you out and you didn't want to. And now you're there. And then Not so, on your terms. I'd love it where it's like, okay, girls, like this is the whole group now. Okay, Lady girls. Clayface, you go to that museum and steal that vase. This one's for you, baby. She, everything's for Valmont now. I'm going to steal everything for you to Valmont. What is going on? It doesn't make any sense. And then they are, again, they're just destroying guards for no reason. And that's bad. You have all these things going down. You think this down. is somehow going to turn into this weird thing where we now have this metahuman woman army that Selena is like, commanding, essentially. Like, I want to call them the Second Chance Strays, too. And um, where eventually, because Valmont wasn't part of the League of Assassins, that the League of Assassins are going to come looking for Catwoman <laughs> for murdering one of their own? Maybe. And then you I don't know. And then it turns out we have to stop the hit because Valmont's alive, but in the body of a cat. In the body of a cat. He's, like, coughing up fur balls and shit. You yeah, thought I was a killer machine, but I'm also a shapeshifter as well. I have many <laughs> talents. I'm Valmont. Well, it's like, God. You end up and then you realize that Reincarnation, now he's, that Yeah, it's like he's reincarnated, but also he's the twin brother of Ghostmaker. It's, it all ties together, Eric. The thing that I think that Selena really gets lucky in is that Batman's off in his fucking dream multiverse fucking Gotham. That he's not here. If he finds out about this, he's going to lose his fucking mind. I mean, the idea that she is now just wrecking a house. Now, imagine if you did that situation where you break out of prison and have this whole new plan because you hear that Batman has been killed. Well, and you have to get out with that. Yeah, and like you have to get out to find out if it's real because you don't believe it and you want to do it. You could have a lot of different reasons that this happens. There's none here. The reason, I mean, legitimately, the reason, like you said, I'm going to serve my time. I'm going to go to tribe because I did kill 
a man that I loved. I'm not going to say the guilty. man. I feel guilty. I did it. It's very similar. A man I boned. Very similar to the uh, Chip Zdarsky Daredevil book over at Marvel. I did the crime. I'm going to pay him with the time. So you end up where she goes. You said that got dropped immediately. Then you started with this idea of, oh, man, like you didn't even set it up, but it got the vibe of these girls don't belong here. They were they railroaded do. in. No. I have no, the, but that's what you needed, right? You needed to have them say like, "Oh, not going to buy like, it, even if that. you say it." Well, so you have, but then now it just becomes. Then it shifts to, "Oh my God, we got to fight ourselves against the old punchline and the and the you know royal flush gang." Bad versus bad. I'm down for that. Then it just completely ends up with like, "Hey, we should join together." In okay. the me- <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah, Ico and Tom Cat out also, there doing their thing. Also, we're kind of nothing. teaming up with Tommaso against the Gentleman's Club. The Black Mask seems cool with it, so we're fine. But the thing is, we still have Ico and Hasegawa, who's a part of the Gentleman's Club and one of the families of Gotham's mob. And the idea that we have to still, hey, I know you was working with that Catwoman. <laughs> and I, we always told you, if we saw you in the same rooms together, we'd kill your ass. And then Selena Kyle shows up. Well, we could fight Selena, but I think I'm going to go back to the idea that we're going to kill your ass because you're now in the same rooms. Huh? I they, she they even say that Ico promised them. Yeah, I'm not Catwoman. If I see her in the same, I'm gonna get her. And uh, oh, we'll get. And like, what the fuck is going on here? Like everything falls apart. Nothing feels big. You have legitimate, especially you know, like a Black Mask. Or these are big characters. Huge. These are characters that really are a threat to even Batman. And they're just fumbling around here. They, you they just don't have even know that whole legacy do. aspect to when, you know, Selena Kyle killed Black Mask. And that was a gigantic storyline at the end of War Games. There's this gigantic adversa- adver- adversary kind of complex uh, thing going on between Catwoman and Black Mask that has, you know, all these years behind it. And that's why you use it now, because it has that gravitas. But you're just fumbling yeah. the ball Remember the first three issues that we were like, this is kind of cool. This is pretty yeah, neat. Yeah, the stuff with Black Mask. It started getting a little wonky with that, like, all of a sudden, we're setting up a Are teeth we? cleaning to get the whole deal. That was a little, but we were going with it. But now, at this point, too, seriously, Selena's been in the game enough that her trash talk should be better than maybe she's not hiding and just better things to do than fight a deck of cards. <laughs> Why is that? that is such a stupid line. Oh I just need everybody to gracious. know that Selena Kyle is Catwoman because there's no reason that anybody in Gotham City I'm surprised City that Selena shouldn't know this. She leaps up into that vent again. Later, she needs Marquise to, to you know, hoist her up. But she, like, is back. And then she ends up, she might as well end everything that she says to everybody with a meow. They, they're so dumb, they can't figure it out. She's, like, really testing them. Yeah, exactly. I want her to be on the nose, Eartha Kid, about everything she fucking says here. And people to still be in the goddamn, like, you know, who, who do you think that Catwoman is? I don't know. I just really don't know. know. I cannot figure this out. But yeah, at that now, if you're going to play that, that would be a kind of a fun deal to you know poke fun at. But I don't think that they realize. Teeny Hour realizes that it's it's bad. I think that she is completely oblivious that she is writing a book. It just really, even with this, a lot of times we'll have fun with books and things like that, but. This book is also just a slog to get through. It's a lot of people talking about, well, we have this plan, plan A, plan B. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to break out. And at the end, you're just like, what the fuck is happening here? Nothing's happening that is even people worth anything. People always talk shit about the idea that, you know, why don't people know that Clark Kent's Superman? Because they're exactly the same <laughs> except for maybe a posture and some glasses. This is even more infuriating in my mind because think of this. This because is they got sent to jail mind. like this. No, no, I, this is how this works in my mind. People 
like the the way this book works, where nobody has any understanding that Selena Kyle is Catwoman for like seeing both of them, like one second here, next second a Catwoman costume did the exact same thing in or out of costume, same clothes, same just a thing over face. Now this would be the same thing over on the Superman side if Clark Kent ran around with an S on his chest, just wearing glasses, saving yeah. the day. He just puts the glasses on with his full Superman. Then outfit I can on. understand people being upset if like, oh, why don't why doesn't anybody understand? Because that's what you have in this book. <laughs> You do. It, it is. It's, it's bad. But uh, what I was like it? the art, though. I do, too. I, I like the art a lot, actually. Uh, I do believe that Marquise, when I saw this, almost seems like they're trying to give uh, a little shout out. Why I in this book? I don't know. But to Stephanie Phillips actually looks a lot like Stephanie Phillips. And she does a lot of working out. When you had that deal, like, I'm strong like that. I'm like, yeah, I have seen Stephanie Phillips pictures like that. Yeah, yeah. it looks a lot like that. So that if it is, that's kind of cool. I, I don't mind that. But uh it's just a weird play. <laughs> it's just a weird play, this whole book. Uh, and we, the things that we wanted more of, if Selena's going to be in jail, all right, let's get more Ico, Tomcat, Tom, like, th- these are the things that, that never we wanted. Out. No, it didn't. It really didn't. And, and we still have, like, what's going on with the dad and the boy. Just everything just gets pushed aside for nothingness. And now we're getting out of jail in the weirdest way. I mean, you really could have just had selena say listen i think that i'm guilty and they're no 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 we looked at the deal you're not let's go and then maybe she could want to try to break the i don't know it just doesn't work it doesn't work at all that she's breaking out medic humans out of prison just because no it all falls apart here that's how i like the art mostly in this whole thing that's yeah. the, the biggest draw in my mind because the book looks great the colors really pop off but nothing about the story actually goes well together issue to issue to what our final outcome is this whole thing. Everything falls apart. Every character involved falls apart. And now we're just left with a bunch of inmates who are escaped who are metahumans that I actually don't care about stuck with Selena Kyle while everybody else who was a main character in this book kind of falls apart around them. So I'm giving this a 4.5 out of 10. I'm giving it a 4. And I'm, I was just thinking too, like, now it, like, even if you convince me, which you said you can't be convinced that any of these girls, you know, should can't do it. You know, what about the other people that are in prison at this moment? They're just going to run out, too. You may have, like, such characters as Lady Zaz and Lady Two-Face. I was waiting for some bullshit like that, but I think everybody can just now escape. There's going to be big trouble in Gotham uh, this night, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's that's plan C, phase C. Ah, uh, but Eric, I don't think either of these books will be part of your book no. of the week, but what is your book of the week? I believe my book of the week is a tie between World's Finest, The Flash, and Deceased War of the Undead Gods this week. And in fact, oh my they're, all, they're all kind of similar in there, so maybe something I'm, I'm wrong about this, but you, you listen to the podcast. I'm sure you know what my books of the week are, but these were all contenders at least. I know that you usually throw shade. If I, I'm not going to throw shade at you because we had so many books, Eric. Uh, mine was Batman, Superman, World's Finest. What I that was my at? book of uh, me when I say, I think mine says, oh, you don't remember. And I. You know, I'm not going to Yeah, one time at 480, like it's fine. Mm-hmm, really? Here we go. Uh, we have all this going on. I have a lot of working pieces here. I got sound uh-huh. effects to give. Uh, you're sitting the there smoking man. it up. You're uh-huh. punching darts. Here we yeah. go is what the we're going to be man. talking about next week. Uh, also at that. Also, um, uh, we're going to be talking about all these books. Two of them will be on the Patreon spotlight, though. Picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. And I think I know what they'll be, Eric, but they always surprise us, those those badasses, don't they? We have Action Comics number 1054. If you are excited about that, Dawn, a DC book, but didn't quite like Paige, the Power Girl story, that is battle. 
That's gone. We end up having a Steelworks kind of story in that. So that's pretty cool. It's just weird when we have a Steelworks series coming out. Well, this might get people fired up, and we don't have the Steelworks thing until July. So that's a ways away. And I think that this just sets up a little more Natasha than well, actual Steel. Uh, Blue Beetle Graduation Day number six. That's the finale of that series, which I think could have been a lot better, but hopefully it ends. With a bang, Eric. I hope that it. you end up where you have the reach around that we've been waiting for. They're not coming. It's just a horizon. See? I just want to reach around. I didn't mean the aliens. Yeah, the horizon's down, but they keep pushing Why the horizon as being around? good. Well, I don't know. They end up where the whole play is like, oh, the horizon, they're good, they're good, they're good. Like, what What do we think is going to happen when they show up? But we shall they're see. good. We shall see. Detective Comics number 1071, speaking of a book that people like that we're not really down with. Uh, they love them organs. They like the organs. I wish I had two lips on my organs, right? Woo-wee! I heard uh, Gabe, who, who can trust that guy with his reviews, but he has already reviewed it on the site. It's not up yet, but he's kind of, and the story doesn't progress much, so that's kind of, you know, that's part for the course. Just give me some reality engines, music boxes, and Wolfman. That's all I need. Yeah, yeah. What I think that there's some time travel again in this one. I thought I saw. Better not be no damn time travel. We'll see some flashback time travel or something. But we also have Green Arrow number one, which I think can't wait. Be real impressed with, and I think Eric Shea is going to shed a tear. Is what I <laughs> better. Harley Quinn number twenty nine. I think Eric Shea is going to shed a tear. <laughs> For well, different what, reasons. What wacky shit will we do that will have no consequences in this one, Do you Eric? even remember what we did last issue? Oh, yeah, oh, I the remember. Dawn what was it? What we have going on is we had prank wars going on with oh, Harley and Two-Face. Harley Working ends up getting college. arrested, ends up with her probation being a professor at the community college where then Two-Face drives in, almost kills kids, but he's let go because of his lawyer. Yeah, I remember that and but then what, at the where end, where do we progress? Oh, I think at the end, it's just hardly like, I guess I'm going to be teaching. <laughs> I thought somebody showed up to do some multiversal nonsense. Yeah, maybe. Now that you say that, but the multiversal non yeah, there was multiversal nonsense because we were talking about that. They oh, that's oh, right. No, because no, we had Electropolis and Lady Quark. Yeah, but they disappeared. They ended up saying, okay, well, don't do that again. And I think it was just hardly like, what was me? What shall I do now? And now she'll teach class, but she has no class, Eric. Oh, my goodness. I am not looking forward to More that. multiversal stuff. Holy shit. Yeah, but that, I'm telling you, I think that that might be... Oh, she breached know. the multiverse. Lady Quark said just had to come in and say, look, you do that shit again, we're going to have a problem. You think she's not going to do it again? Well, they said if you do that again, they had the power to pretty much kill everybody on... I don't think that they will. I think that it's Teeny Howard. She's just going to move on and next thing, prison. I don't know, it's freaking street flavors of ramen. That's all you'll get in, but that book's going to suck. I, I hate to say that ahead of time, but that book's going to suck. You Lazarus don't. Planet Revenge of the Gods, number four, the finale. It's all going to work out. It's all going to make sense, right? If you are, I saw a lot of people upset because they thought that Mary giving the powers to Wonder Woman would mean that that was the, oh, there you go. You took Mary away from being Shazam because Billy Askeby. Not quite. I will tell people to read that if they are Mary fans, you're going to yeah. get a new status quo. So, you know, take a uh, deal. But no, I think that it'll be bullshit. <laughs> and it'll, even that, I, the idea of a new status how. quo for now, I feel like we're going to get even away from what we had by the end of this issue, get her back to more of a regular Mary Marvel by the end. 
Well, here's the thing. The problem going forward, it seems that you're not going to end up having the family involved, but they still want Mary to be part of Shazam. You can't yeah. share the power, so she's got to have her own thing. So we'll have to see how that works out. But the whole play of like, what do you got? I don't even know what that, what can they do with the wizard? We got to fix Billy? the wizard. There's just too many. We got to fix the wizard. We can do that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the yellow shit road. Send them They've been going down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how you finish this nonsense. It's been a wreck, but we'll see. Maybe they have the druthers to do it. We also have another book that people love, Tim Drake Robin, number eight. Who I loves gonna, that book? Here's the deal. You gave it your book of the week, the one week, but you were I duped. Did. I mean, you were completely duped by her, that one, because you thought that you had saw that she understood the characters in the deal. And I said, I think she just went on Wikipedia, but you said, I don't care. She's showing something. And she got you, but... And then got away from that immediately. Here's a hot take, Eric. Do you think this is a hot take? I do. I'm just going to... I've not looked at it. I it doesn't not matter. Think, the book's already canceled. Uh, Eric, you said what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. I think this is going to be a good... I think this is going to be a good issue. Out of nowhere, I think she's going to pull this one out. We had a bullshit story in the last issue. The art looked great, though. And everything dealing with Bernard and Tim Drake... Worked out well. It just had to be shoved in there in a really, really bullshit story that brought everything else and down. And that's where I'm almost thinking that she did that. They're going to give her a solid because I think that whether or not people like the status quo or whatnot, the only things that are ever any good at all are the, you know, the Tim Drake with uh, with Bernard. And I think, man, oh, no, I'm looking now. This <laughs> bullshit. I don't even, I, I'm looking. I don't even think we have the same artist from last. No, we don't. Why wouldn't they keep? Ah, darn it, Eric! That was so good art. We get one issue of that art. All right. Well, you know, strike the record. I didn't say shit. That was the you know conjecture. Conjecture. Uh, I want to conjecture. Uh, I think it's going to be bullshit. And then we have a book that I, all. I really hope. What I'm doing is I am a small time pizza lawyer. I may not know You're a small time pizza eater. I may not know hell law. But I know the pizza law, Eric, and I know marina law. Marina law, there is no law. That is the Wild West, that marina. I think we do get some marina stuff. Plus, what ended up happening to, like, some other side characters, like sidekicks? And don't that. ask about what happened to Pi. Yeah, we'll have to see. And then we have, I don't know why everybody's yelling in this house suddenly. I know but why. We also have Unstoppable Doom Patrol number two, something that I hope I can get on board. I didn't quite like. The first issue, Ruben, who's a huge uh, Doom Patrol, he hated it. He didn't even. He thought that he was going to go in and teach me, Eric, and then he said he didn't like it. He messaged me. He's like, "That was bad." I, I actually think it was a little better than what he said, but I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, I said that the, my biggest problem with that book is too many characters, not really introducing some stuff for somebody like me who doesn't have a lot of Doom Patrol experience, and then you ended up after that. The uh, Dennis Culver ended up going on Twitter and like, wait till you see next issue. I'm introducing six new characters. I'm like, oh no, but we'll see. Well, Denny did his due diligence. He told you all about Cliff Steele, Larry Trainer. Maybe you could do a little bit more with the Last Woman, I, I guess. But you know, you got a I'm new Beast talking, Girl. You also have them talking back at HQ. I don't know what the status quo is, like all that stuff. But we'll see. We'll see how it is. Maybe it'll work it out. We don't have that many issues. It's just six issues. That's why I thought. Kind of odd that you, you start out with not telling us stuff. But I think we get a main new character, new guy introduced, one of these metas, and then you yeah. end up having like three others that are 
kind of introduce first appearances. Maybe that's, what, the, school for maybe that, so maybe that's what they're going with, the idea that you have a lot of first appearances and stuff and it becomes collectible, but we'll see. We shall see. It didn't sell well, which I didn't think it would, and I don't know why it's this early in Dawn of DC, but we'll go on with that. We'll see. And I do think that what we would get on the deal would probably be a Green Arrow and maybe a Doom Patrol, maybe a Green Arrow and a Lazarus Planet, Revenge of the Gods 4. That's what would right. you think? Yeah, I'd, say like that. That. I'd say something like that, yeah. Green Arrow is definitely getting gobbled up, I feel. And boy, it'll make me sad because I really think that that's like one that if we have that on the main show, it'd get a lot of new faces, new eyes on it, new ears even, Eric, but I think they're going to pick that. think they will pick that and then they'll have to go to the Patreon, but that's tough to get people who have never listened to the podcast yet to go, but maybe they will. But all you have listened to it, why not? Go over to the Patreon because I do think it'll be that patreon.com slash weird science as a Ahead of time thing Next month we actually have an annuals Month so at the end of that month We will have a Patreon only show Just throwing it out there to let Everybody know that's something we do We'll talk more about it as we go on but that Is it thanks everybody thanks Barry and Craig for Mailing in and Everything else involved thank you for Joining me Eric but that is it for Thank the you deal. for joining me yes What do we say at the end of Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.